Blog Talk Radio. We assembled here today are issuing a new decree to be heard in every city, in every foreign capital, and in every hall of power. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. Every decision on trade, on taxes, on immigration, on foreign affairs will be made to benefit American workers and American families. We must protect our borders from the ravages of other countries making our products, stealing our companies, and destroying our jobs. Protection will lead to great prosperity and strength. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. I am your voice. So to every parent who dreams for their child, and every child who dreams for their future, I say these words to you tonight. I am with you, I will fight for you, and I will win for you. To all Americans tonight, in all of our cities, and in all of our towns, I make this promise. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. God bless you, and good night. I love you.
a, a political historian in general, a very smart guy, doing a lot of big things uh, with 2020, trying to help out the Trump uh, agenda as often as he can. Uh, Nick Cecily, what's up, buddy? Welcome back. How are you? Hey, welcome back, too, also. Thank you, man. Thank you. And I'm sorry about the other night, man. The other night was a was just a wild show. I mean, I, I was, was trying a great to get show. to everybody. There, there was a few I couldn't get to, and I apologize. And, you know, it was just so overbooked. And it seems like it's been like that lately, unfortunately. And, uh, that I, was I a gonna, great show from New York, that. and the one guy from uh, Detroit was fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of those guests, we had one guy from New York who's going to be facing uh, the bartender the Dimwit mm-hmm. ALC so had uh, mm-hmm. a guy from Michigan who is going to be facing radical Khalid, which, uh, you know, right. both were just phenomenal guests. It really, I really believe yeah, the in dude. Guys. I think he was called the dude. Yeah. They call him the dude, like the big Lebowski. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I, um, you know, how, how's everything where you are? Cause I know you're uh, what are you, Massachusetts? No, I'm, I'm actually in South Florida. I'm in uh, lighthouse point. And, and again, I do a presidential exhibit on Kennedy, but it's called it's called a, a Democrats for Trump. <laughs> and I also do a Republican presidential limo, which is the Kennedy Nixon limo in Carter and Ford. And I and I use it only for political functions for Republicans to bring them in. We got DeSantis on it when he first announced here in Boca. Brought the limo in, had a picture taking, of course, with it. And of course, I go to all Southern boulevards when Trump comes through the. Uh, Southern Boulevard, he gave me a thumbs up twice. And uh, matter of fact, I just added President Trump to my exhibit. It's called JFK35.com. Um, I go to casinos and I do a $40,000 show for 10 days. And it's all uh, very, very political, very, it's all museum quality. And um, it's all the presidents after Kennedy. Uh, but it's very educational, uh, very positive, very uplifting. And uh, I've been doing it for over 40 years. And I really admire, I really admire all your work because, you know, I follow your posts. You know, you and I talk quite a bit off the air. We've become close friends. Uh, you know, a lot of people can learn a lot from you. Uh, you're quite the uh, creative individual. And, and I will say, um, I, I just, I, I appreciate it so much how you've woken up so many Democrats that can't identify with the party anymore. It's not the party of JFK I had four last They're, week. That I actually switched over, not because of anything with the Kennedy, but I explained to them when I go on the Joe Kennedy the third site and and, and I smoke well, them I with. Well, him. I think I, I sent it to you. I saw I, you said yeah. that's that, that's hilarious. What you sent Joe Kennedy, I saw that. Keep and I hit them with facts, and they hit me back with personal attacks. So I basically tell them, look, this is a public forum. Your name is already on here, and uh, we're going to be at, you're going to be on a list. And you know you don't even know why you're a Democrat. You've only been a Democrat because you're a Democrat. You have no why. You have no. Re- you have no. Re- you don't even know why you're a Democrat. The Democratic Party left you a long time ago, back when when it left Ronald Reagan, and you don't even know it. You're just doing it out of habit. You're you're actually sleepwalking. And I go into the especially to the, to the New York deal where they have a law that you actually can kill a baby at the time that it's actually being born if mother doesn't want it. I don't know what happened to adoption. I mean, I don't know what happened to the word adoption in this country. And then they, they take – I go in there and I tell them that they go in there with a 12-inch pair of tweezers basically, and they crush the skull. When the white comes out, they know the brain is, is, is done. And when I tell them that, they, they, they don't believe me. I said, well, let's look it up. And they're, they have no idea. We have a very uneducated elector, very uneducated people. They're ignorant. 
You know, absolutely. And here's what I was going to ask you. You know, since you're in Florida, and I and I want to ask as many people, uh, you know, that, that are talking to me from Florida about this whole corona. I mean, look at these numbers, how they're skewing them, especially in places like that. It's such bullshit. I'm in Arizona, oh, yeah. and they're saying this is like they're saying this is this in Florida. Arizona and Florida are some of the two biggest hot spots. I call bullshit. You know, they'll 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 say COVID nineteen death if somebody gets hit by a damn car. I mean, it makes no fucking oh, yeah. sense. Yeah, guy has a heart attack. It's a COVID. It's a COVID COVID nineteen death exactly. Well, we have a hurricane yeah. coming. Here's the good news: we have a hurricane coming. Stopped all the testing, so it's going to be very curious. Okay, over the next three days, over till Monday, so look at it for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and maybe Monday. Look at it for the next three days because it's going to be Palm Beach, uh, Broward, and Dade County. And let's just see how many cases they have. Okay, look for that in the news. If there's no testing. Oh, absolutely. No, I, ho- hopefully oh. no. no and, that's, and that's the thing. No, we, we need to see. I want, I want the real doctors to come out. I'm sick of these paid government officials that are just – Quacks that are, that are trying to scare the public, mislead them with all the wrong information. It's nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. They've only been working on models, and the people didn't understand that. When he shut down the country, that was all based on a model. Look what happened. It didn't really didn't do any good, obviously. No. 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 And, and, and you know what? We look at – there could have been so many other ways to approach this situation and deal with this, like protecting the vulnerable – like the elderly or people with pre-existing conditions, you don't shut down a damn economy for uh, a virus that has a 99% no. 99% survival rate. I mean, we've dealt with so much worse in, in our life. Think of everything we've gone through, and there were way more deaths, and we didn't shut down the economy. And you know what's really troubling and, and disgusting? They stopped counting flu deaths, and they're tying that into COVID just so they can advance yeah. uh, their agenda and their narrative. Same thing with other diagnosis. I mean, they they totally, you know, are fixated and, and have directed their focus all on COVID. And I think it's a big part of the new world order. I think I don't think there's any denying. Oh, I do too. And you know something? Today, there's some numbers came out: nine percent negative GNP, GNP, and and thirty-seven percent negative. Okay, over a period of it's annualized. That's devastating. Negative nine percent for one month. That's that's terrible. G, you know, GDP, horrible numbers. Yeah. So yeah, China did a good well, job you know, on us. China did a wonderful job on us. And you know what? I strongly believe, Nick, and I'll say it again, and I think a lot of my listeners and people on the line right now will concur that I believe the Democrats and some of these politicians, even on the right, some of these rhinos, hate Trump so bad, and we see all the money and all the ties they have with China with special interests, it would not shock me if they were some, in some way helping uh, you know, bring this virus to America just so they could take down Trump's economy because they don't know how else to destroy him. Tried everything and nothing worked. The last resort was the economy. I tell these Democrats, you hate one man more than you love your country. I said, think about that when you go to bed tonight. Just keep saying that to yourself and realize what the impact of that is because you really hate – one man, I say, gee, I hope your, I hope that your, 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 your people and your, in your family, your mother, your father, your sister, brother, your, your son, your daughter, and yourself. I sure hope you're never hated that bad because you must be so perfect. And they, they like, you know, they don't know what to say. You know, you throw, you throw their, the dirt right back at them. 
and they don't know how to handle it. Right, and, and even even if any, even if these voters agree with Trump, if they agree with him on policy, but they hate him as a per, as a person, they'll they'll refuse to give credit where it's due. They will not acknowledge the and even even I mean it, it, it's so crazy because if if a Democrat you know did some of the, some of these things, the left would be applauding it left and right all the time. But but since it's Trump, they, they, crickets. I mean they, they all they do is bash him. I mean all they do is look for anything they can to pick and you know just taunt him. I mean it never ends. I've never seen anybody yeah, get treated yeah. in this manner. Two more things I want to mention only, just two more things. One, Ted Kennedy. This guy actually killed somebody, okay, lost her life, didn't report it for eight hours, went to breakfast with people before, and he gets away with it. Yeah. Now he's a Democrat. Then, flip it. then let's flip that a little bit with, as far as crime. This week, it, the entire House, 100%, of course, the Democrats, voted unanimously not to condemn violence. Where, where in the hell does that come from? And you know what? 100%. percent sick of all these – and I'm so sick of all these assholes and these left-wing lunatics trying to say, oh, social distance, you've got to practice, wear your mask. But when there's rioters and protesters and right. anarchists, exactly. they don't say a fucking thing except, oh, it's Trump will win. Protesters. Trump's going to win. Trump's going to win. There's no police that's going to vote that's going to vote for Biden. There's, there's nobody going to vote for him when you think about it. Any, any normal person cannot vote for, for Biden. So, you know, he's in. He's in. It looks. It looks. The polls. You know. We know they're not true. Nobody's heard, ever called you know, me. I heard oh, I heard. Oh, me neither. And I'm wondering where these polls come from. Do they come from a, you know, mm-hmm. some sort of mm-hmm. corporate office that's completely skewed and fabricated? I mean, they're not asking the people. That I mean, that's clear. That's obvious. Um, I was. Gonna, yeah. you know, I, I wanted to mention. You know, we 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 look, we look at the reality of, of the scenario with Biden. And somebody made a point the other night. And you, to be honest with you, I never really. Dive, dive deep into it enough or thought about it enough to really, you know, uh, make an analysis. But after hearing uh, his, this guy's theory, uh, he was on the show the other night. I forget which guest it was, but he thinks that Biden may not last. He thinks Trump may yeah, waste I heard him. a lot that was of a, his money. That was a good guess. Oh, yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah, Trump, may, Trump may waste this money on attacking Biden then at the last second, they may bring somebody else in. We don't know. I mean, they may say that right. he's, not, he's not mentally right. He can't, he can't be there. So I, I don't know who their backup would be. Would it be Cuomo? I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't have the answer, but I just I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, obviously, as of now, it looks like Biden is the guy. But how the hell is he going to debate Trump? How the hell? I mean, it's going to be OVP female. Yeah, when he, pick, when he picks his female, he'll be, he'll be another McCain. He'll be another Mondale, okay? It's going to be over even quicker. You watch, you watch those polls start tightening. He can't even count to four or form a complete sentence, and he doesn't even know what state he's in half the time. No, no, no. He, I, I he said one time, I'm going I'm to beat Joe Biden, he said one time. It's like, what? What? Yeah. <laughs> oh, and, and you know, I want to tell you this. If you had to guess who his VP is going to be, who is it going to be? I Camilla? think it's going to be uh, Susan Rice. Camilla Harris? No. Nope. Oh, wow. I oh, think wow. Susan you Rice think because so? he's already worked with her. Oh, man. I mean, that, I mean, can you – but think about but, all the dirt that Trump can dig up on Susan Rice. I mean, she – Oh, it's going to be wonderful. I hope he picks her. Hope he, yeah. It's going to be interesting. Apparently, we're supposed to know 
they said by August 1st, which is tomorrow. So I we'll thought see. this weekend he was going to name her. Yeah, yeah tomorrow. This weekend. They're saying, yeah, tomorrow, yeah. Um, crazy, crazy, though, Nick. But, Nick, I'm really glad you could be with us. Um, I'm, I'm Thank excited you, to hear your opinions after I go on my rant. Tell everybody also where they can get involved with all your stuff. You can get involved, uh, of course, on Facebook, which is Kennedy, which is the uh, Republican presidential limo at Facebook, and Democrats for Trump. But my main thing is uh, JFK35.com. That's my main site. That's where I got all my information on it, and that's what I do, and I do fundraisers with it, fairs, and casinos. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, really, really great having you with us. Stay with us. Thanks, Roy. Uh, big show plan. Big show plan. Thank you. Alrighty, I want to also introduce. I believe he's with us right now. We have lawyer and popular talk show host. Uh, he's become he's become a good friend of mine. I want to make sure he's with us. Eric Matheny. Eric, what's up, man? Hey, Rory. How you doing? I'm right here. Good to be here. How's everything going? I know you had an emergency with your dog the other day. Everything going well? Everything better? Everything's better. Yeah, I have a 16 year old dog. Believe it or not, and uh, he had some issues. You know, so we were spending the whole night in the ER. But uh, everything's good. He's home. He's doing well. I love it. I love it. And I'm a, I'm a big dog person. I you know I grew up with dogs. You know we we've had so many dogs throughout my life, my family, and you know they they really are they really are the greatest thing. Um, but tell us though, Eric. Uh, you know I've really been watching your show quite a bit on Twitter. Um, I go on there. I see you often with your your friend, your co-host, and you know your tweets are amazing, man. I I, I retweet you so much so often like you shine so much light and you are such a a wealth of information i mean we need guys like you to run for office i mean and you know the law you're a lawyer and and you know your your voice is extremely important and powerful i mean it it carries a lot of weight well rory i really appreciate the kind words and uh you know, I, I think that we're in a time right now where we have to be honest, and the only weapon that we have is that brutal honesty, the honesty that hurts, the honesty that sticks with you, the honesty that's not always kind. And mind you, we're just dishing out words on our side. We know what they're dishing out on the other side. It's pain. It's loss. It's fire. It's havoc. We haven't reached that point yet, so the only weapon that we have, and I was talking about it with my co-host Bob Dunlap on our show, Bob and Eric Save America, is – the only thing that stops us from doing what these liberals are doing 60 days in Portland in the streets is we have things to live for, you and I. We have shows. We have families. We have lives. We have livelihoods. We can't afford to go out and do that as much as you may want to sometime. We just have that, uh, you know, that thing that grounds us and makes us act, and maybe you'd call that a conscience. I don't know. But I think so much of what we're seeing right now is a deterioration of that moral foundation. And I put up a tweet this morning and uh, seemed to get a lot of traction, people agreeing. What we are seeing right now is a social experiment gone wrong. We are seeing a generation grown up that was raised without any moral foundation whatsoever. No God. Oh, absolutely. No winner. Everyone gets a trophy. Yeah. Uh, oh, and, and, I, and, and you bring up the best point that I've talked about on my show so many times, the, the most, the, I would say the biggest problem, the worst situation we deal with in America today is entitlement. Nobody wants to put in the work. And you know who we have to blame for that? Parenting. 
also the politicians, because the politicians are enabling these little infants to act out when they don't get their own way. Well, yeah, that's absolutely it. I think, one, there's a massive parenting fail, and uh, I don't know if I necessarily want to attribute that to my parents' generation. I'm 38 years old, so I'm an older millennial, but I, I, I think I see it in the younger generation, certainly more than people my age, although unfortunately my generational cohorts are, are widely responsible for a lot of what's going on, and you know, 30 40% of people in my group seem to embrace socialism. Uh, Bob and I, my co-host, we talked about this before the riots, before George Floyd, before COVID, we were talking about this. And we were saying that we needed hard winters, that we just have so much comfort in this country that we have to look for reasons to get mad. We have to look at a bottle of maple syrup and we have to feel anger about that. We have to look at Trader Joe's and feel anger about that. I mean, the thing that boggles my mind is that when people think we're a racist country, go travel to another country. If you think America's racist, you've never left the United States. Go to South America. Go to Mexico. Go to any of those countries where racism is so ingrained in their social fabric, it is a part of their life. It is out in the open, blatant discrimination. Right. We've done a pretty damn good job here of eradicating it, I believe. Oh, Eric, you're absolutely right. You're, you're 100% on par. Absolutely. And I tell these people, if you went to some of these other countries and protested and did what you did in the streets, they would shoot you in the head. You'd be dead. Yeah. You would not have a life left. In America, you have that luxury, unfortunately, to act like a jackass, and you can get away with it. Well, you know, what really bothers me about what's going on, and this isn't even touching the COVID hoax, I mean, just the, the civil unrest we've been seeing for the last two months, um, what's really upsetting is BLM uh, gaining the foothold it is. I mean, BLM is not about Black Lives Matter. If Black Lives Mattered, then you'd see them in Chicago uh, meeting with the exactly. mayor saying, what can we do about the black and black exactly. climate epidemic? What can we do about the exactly. nine dead kids? What can we do about job programs? Look, you've got corporate sponsorship now. Bank of America is going to give you a billion dollars. Why isn't BLM in the middle of Southside Chicago holding a job fair, petitioning the government to say, hey, give job credits to these companies that come here and hire kids in the neighborhood? You've got, you've got a place at the table now, guys. Do something about it. And instead, it's basketball and Aunt Jemima. Give me a break. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. And, and we, and we got to hear about the bullshit. The only time Black Lives Matter makes any damn noise, percent chance, a white cop goes after a black guy. And usually, not always, it's justified. And we've seen that for many different scenarios where a lot of these people are not respecting the officers and they're not doing what they're told. So the officer has to react. But we don't see any of them marching for black-on-black black crime, which is 90% of their problems. We don't see – it's fake. It's phony. It's a, it's a divisive entity. And you know who it's controlled by? The 1% white billionaires, the same people who were involved with slavery, the same people like George Soros, who, you know, we all know where this leads back to. And when you're donating to Black Lives Matter – that money's not going to better black neighborhoods. That money's going into politicians' pockets. Yeah, it is. And the thing about BLM is, you know, BLM is a Trojan horse for Marxism. It is not about black lives. If you go to their website, take a few minutes to look at it. It's about dismantling the nuclear family. Look, I'm a criminal defense attorney. I'm a former prosecutor. I have seen crime in the black community 
uh, on a personal level. I have seen how it impacts people, how it impacts communities. And the number one problem in the black community is not the disproportionate, a small disproportionate percentage of white cops who kill unarmed black men that we hear about, unfortunately, of magnifying glasses put on it. It's the fact that 72% of black children are born to unwed single mothers. The lack of the father in the black community has been devastating. And if you really want to put the hammer to Joe Biden, you question him about his 1994 crime bill, which disproportionately affected black men, which took black men out of the homes, incarcerating them for 25 years or more for these nonviolent offenses. And who's the first president in our lifetime to lead the charge on prison reform? Donald Trump. So I think a lot of people in the black community, a lot, a good amount, are really starting to wake up and go, wait a minute, dismantling the, the nuclear family, that doesn't help the black community. Another thing about BLM, the trans, queer, you know, whatever you know, gender you want to pick, traditional yeah. black <laughs> families are, are religious. Yes, yes. Chris, I mean, let, let, let's face it here. I'll, we, I, if I had to give, I'm going to give a percentage. I would say probably, I would say 80% of black people in America are religious in some sort of way. They believe in God. That's a big part of their household. And, you know, a lot of them are not okay with this whole homosexual, LGBT, trans, transgender kind of movement hijacking their, their status and trying, you know, and we all know why. We all know why the LGBTQRS, whatever, TUV, whatever letter they added lately, we all know why they, they pander to Black Lives Matter. Because what it does is it, 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 um, it grows their situation of being victim because they can create all these boxes and say all these people are oppressed so they have a platform to run on. It's the oldest trick in the book with the Democrats. The more victims they can create, the better, whether it's skin color, whether it's sexual orientation, whether it's, you know, 100 different gen- genders, whether it's tranny story hour with little kids. I don't know, but it's, it's all over the place. Well, well, Rory, let me take it one step further is how about the fact when we decided that gender was a malleable concept, that gender was something you could decide that you could flip a coin, that to hell with right. billions of years of evolutionary biology, and, that there is yeah, no longer male as male. What's, what's funny, Eric, what's, even, what's the funniest, these people say they're the party of science. They, they, they can't even acknowledge that only two genders exist. Hypocrites, they, make, they have no logic. Go ahead, though. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Well, but the, but the thing is, just, just that as a point, this transgender uh, you know, acceptance, and, and that's great. If you want to put on a dress and you know, go hobnob, go do it. I don't care what you do. The bottom line is that when, when the onus is then put on you as a free-thinking you know, human being who says that science is science and there are two genders, and now they put the onus on you to prove you're not a bigot, you know, they're doing the same thing with BLM, but the problem is culturally where we've deteriorated is when that became a choice and not just a standard. We don't have standards anymore. We don't have common values anymore where male is male and female is female. The minute we told these kids, and the same ones that are out throwing Molotov cocktails at a federal courthouse, the minute we told them they could pick their gender, we lost the culture war. There are certain things that just have to be. We have to have ground upon which we build a society. We can disagree all day long about facts and figures. I can't wait till we go back to a day where we disagree about facts and figure. But it's not stylistic differences anymore, Rory. It's substance. These are There's no civil discourse. There's no civil discourse. Correct. It's all fighting. 
It's all anger. It's all animosity yeah. and hate. It, it, it's, it's absolutely that. And, and I was talking with my co-host, Bob Dunlap, on our Saturday show last Saturday, is how do we get beyond that? Are we irretrievably broken? How do, could, could you foresee a time when Democrats and Republicans, liberals, conservatives, will come back together? I would love, you know what, and, and, I, and I've, been, I've been saying this from day one, and I'll say it again. We need to look at every, all, all, of, all of ourselves as Americans. I don't give a shit about color. We bleed the same blood. Whether you're blue, purple, orange, yellow, pink, I don't care what color you are. I care about your character. I care about how you portray yourself. I care about how you, you know, you know value this country. I care about how you, you know, do well in society. I don't want to, you know, and this is what politicians do. They, they, they do the whole race and the orienta- sexual orientation uh, as a de- divisive tactic. Well, the problem is it's not about politics, though. It's about culture, and, and politics is always downhill from culture. And one thing that conservatives haven't done very well is we have not fought for the culture. The liberals control the culture, the entertainment, big tech, education. That's where culture comes from. And, and all of a sudden in 2020, universities are now terrorist training camps. These are breeding grounds for socialism. And, and the liberals you know, control 98 99% of these institutions are far-left professors. Uh, they've become money-making machines. You can't afford college. Everybody's in debt. They, they've managed to, to create a society of debt slaves who are beholden to this liberal ideology. And, and conservatives have really sat back. And maybe that's the religious aspect to turn the other cheek. But, you know, also read the Bible. There's some damn good battle scenes in there, too. We've got to harness that, that warrior inside and we got to come back, and we got to take this country back. And it's not going to be politically. We got to take this country back culturally. No, I no, and I get that, and I get that, and you know, we're a ways away, but uh, I think we're making a lot of improvements. And, and I think what really needs to happen here is, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't have, I you know, I don't have the answers in terms of. You know why? Why Republicans have? I mean, and we we would look at the facts here. Republicans, you know, they have just sat back for the last couple months and have watched these cities uh, burn down in flames. I mean, it's one thing to you know, and, and I'm gonna uh, you know, I agree with Trump on 99% of everything he does. I think he's the best president to ever exist. I've said it on my show many times. I'll say it again. He's delivered on 80%. 80%, eight zero of his promises within three years. Nobody will ever accomplish that. But I, I want to m- mention an issue I have. At first, I thought Trump was just going to let these idiots make a fool out of themselves for a few weeks. You know, they go around, you know, have their little tantrums. But at this point, it's gone so far beyond that. I mean, we're seeing courthouses being destroyed. We're seeing police stations being destroyed. Um, I'm not blaming this on Trump. I'm blaming this on the Republicans in D.C. who are too, who too scared to step up. Because even Trump is like, where are you guys? Why aren't you guys doing something? I can't do this all by myself. He needs assistance. No, these, these trying times are really showing us who's on our side and who's not. And there have been a handful of Republicans who have really stepped up, and, and we will not forget them. But there are too many that are quiet. And, uh, you know, I'm in South Florida. I've been here for 15 to No, uh, August 11th will be 16 years I've been here. 
And uh, our, our senator, Marco Rubio, has been a terrible disappointment, a terrible disappointment. Uh, and I hope somebody primaries him because he's coming up in uh, 2022. I think he needs to go. Uh, look, you know, the Republican Party, and I've said this so many times, Donald Trump winning in 2016 was not a Republican victory. That was a rebuke of the system. It was the biggest monkey wrench in the history uh, of politics thrown into the system that had failed everybody for 40, 50 years of perpetual war, of globalism, of corporate inversion. Uh, it, it was completely a rebuke of Bush, Clinton, Obama, meet the new boss, same as the old boss. So, I don't think Republicans, it's proven, I mean, I, I know Republicans don't like him. Democrats don't like him. You've got a handful of guys in, in government who really believe in him, and everybody else who's just there to stick their finger up and see which way the political winds are going because they haven't had a real job. Marco Rubio's never had a real job. Marco Rubio's been, he was I, in the state legislature for, for years and years before he became a U.S. senator. Uh, and, you know, he's got the Ricky Ricardo haircut thing going on. He goes down and speaks Spanish to the you know, <laughs> young grandma. But, uh, but, my God, he's a pussy. He's, he's an absolute pussy. And, you know, his, his style works for Miami. He works in Miami because he goes there. And, and, like, he knows how to work like the nursing home circuit. He knows how to, how to play that political game in Miami. But he's really a disappointment. And he's a guy who, I mean, he's, he's never gotten a private sector paycheck. I, you know, he's apparently a lawyer. I don't believe he's ever practiced. Same with Joe Biden. Joe Biden was a public defender for six months before he ran for, ran for a Delaware, uh, the count, city council, whatever city he was living in. He's been on the government dole his whole life, too. So we need term limits. We need to get more guys like Trump. The thing is, you can't just have one Trump. We need to have, like, 500 Trumps. You need these guys that are successful. Like, God, God bless the memory of Herman Cain, who passed away today. He would have been an amazing president in 2012. Do you remember he, in 2012? No, and I, he, no, was, he was I leading the said, I, Eric, Eric, I always said, I always said he should have been the first, he would have, he should have been the first black president because Obama is not a real black president. Obama had a white mama and was raised in a white neighborhood. He knows nothing about black hardships. Herman Cain grew up in the ghetto and the hood and knows what it's like to be black. You know what I mean? He, look, he, he is a, a preeminent American success story. He grew up in poverty. The guy is brilliant. Uh, CEO of Godfather. The guy's worth more money than we can count. And he is the type of guy that we need in government. I wish. I, I think if he would have ran in 2012, they smeared him really quickly because Obama recognized that this guy was a threat. They knew Mitt Romney. Oh, was oh yeah. Threat. Oh they, yeah. They saw that they saw Kane and they said this guy's a threat. So they levied some accusations about sexual harassment, which by today's standards would apparently be overlooked uh, because we're still talking about Tara Reid here. No one seems to bring her up anymore. Uh, but in any event, a sexual harassment allegation in 2012 was enough to knock you out of the race. And, and there he, he's gone. I think he would have been a great president. And, and let me tell you something, Rory, he would have saved this country because there's nothing more disastrous uh, that, that's occurred in the last 50, 60 years than the second Obama term. The first Obama term was kind of a throwaway. He didn't really do anything. Nothing good, nothing bad. He just kind of didn't do anything. That second term, that's when you saw the riots. That's when you saw the rise of Antifa. You saw right. ISIS. Oh, you remember when ISIS was a thing? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And Eric, you bring up a really yeah. good point. You bring, up a re you, you bring up some really good points here about Herman Cain. Here's my thing. I, I think – that Herman Cain absolutely should have been the first black president. I think he should have been president 
I think he still had time. Uh, I would have loved to have seen him, you know, if Don Jr. doesn't didn't run in 2024. I would have loved to have maybe considered Herman Cain. Uh, I mean, you know, and you're, when you talk about how we've moved on in time in terms of how, you know, these allegations would be overlooked in today's society, you're absolutely right. We've gone through so many different phases, and, and, it, and it's all just, I mean, it's like, you know, it's weird. I, I think it has a lot to do with social media. Um, and I think that, you know, you see all these people that get a pass today, but back then they just, without any evidence, without any sort of, you know, uh, legitimate cause, they, they accuse this guy. And like you said, we, know, we all know that he was a threat to Obama. I mean, but here's, here's what I will say. I think Obama, and, I, and, I don't, and this may sound crazy, I think Obama needed to win in 2012. Just, otherwise, we would have never had Trump. Because I think people saw two terms of the worst president ever, and then they're like, I'm sick of this fucking system. I need to vote for Donald Trump. We need the outsider. We need the billionaire businessman running this country. What do you think? What are your thoughts? It, well, it was it was the right time. Um, you don't vote a guy well, like Trump and, and, and in also, because and, and here's another here's another thing, Eric, which which we should be wondering. There's probably a valid reason why Trump didn't win, run in twenty twenty twelve. I think he was planning it perfectly right by waiting till twenty sixteen. Because something in his, in his mind told him that, uh, you know, it just it, it wasn't clicking at that point. Um, but once you know, once we saw eight years of this disaster, uh, you know, Trump had the biggest advantage you could ever think of. Go ahead, though. Sorry. Well, no, it was his time. It was his time. You, you don't you don't vote for a guy like Donald Trump because things are going well. You you bring a guy like Donald Trump in because you're failing, and you need someone to turn your your business around. And that's why we elected a businessman. Uh, Barack Obama's second term will go down in history as, as one of the most devastating uh, in the social and political and just societal decay that has occurred in the United States. I mean, 2012 as opposed to 2017. Uh, I mean, it, it's, it's a world of difference than 2020 to, to 2017. Uh, and we've seen what the Democrats have continued to do and these attacks they levy against our president, the impeachment, Russia, Kavanaugh, everything they've done to him since he set foot in office, where all he's tried to do, all he's wanted to do. This, this is a guy worth three and a half billion dollars, and he's in his 70s. Rory, if I had a fraction of that money, I would be on a beach with a drink in my hand with a nice little umbrella. What the hell is this guy doing getting <laughs> up every day at 5 a.m. to work for free? The guy's got three and a half billion dollars. I mean, my God, what, do, you, do you realize the kind of drive and determination? Like, he is... There are only a handful of people like him in the world. I mean, he is a true alpha male. He is a just a determined uh, – you know, you see that level of determination in, like, CEOs and athletes and sociopaths. I mean, honestly, he's just right. – he is a machine, and, and he, is. he is just and here because – And I call him a robot. He, I mean, I call him a guy that – He is. He's a prof- – I call him a profound machine like never seen before. I mean, this guy sleeps like – you're right, four hours a night. Then he's back up working 20 hours a day for us for free because he wants to save America and he wants to give back what America always gave him. He wants to return the favor, and he knows that he's the guy that can take it. And, and, and who else, what other man or what other person could take insult after insult and not even let it phase them? I mean, this guy, 
I mean, look at all the Russia bullshit. Look at all the Ukraine bullshit. It did, he still did his job every day. He didn't let these assholes interfere or disrupt his life. He, he feeds off it. He feeds off it, and it makes him more powerful. Look, this is a guy that's been in 3,500 lawsuits. Now, if you've ever been in one lawsuit, you know just how stressful they are. This guy eats them for breakfast. He, he is not the kind of guy that operates just like at a baseline frequency. He is halfway to the moon you know, when we're you know, putting our socks on. This guy is out of this world. He's the right guy. He's got an ego that's immeasurable, and you need that. In order. Imagine – thinking that you had the ability to save a country. you got to have a pretty damn big ego, and he's got a huge ego, and he knows he's good, and just let the guy do his job. But, you know, the, the, left, the left has shown their true cards, man. They've, they've, they've shown them, and we've got a battle ahead of us. This is not going to go down easy. We're not going to get to the reelection, and Trump wins, and they throw up their hands and go, oh, well, we tried. Like, this is not going to be decided on election night, no matter what happens. If Biden wins, we're going to be crying foul. If Trump wins re-election, they're going to be crying foul. Like, we, we, need to, we need to mentally, physically, and spiritually prepare ourselves for what's going to happen. I don't think we've seen the worst of times, honestly. And I hate to be a pessimist, but like I said at the beginning of my segment, I'm all about speaking truth, even if it's painful. Like, we cannot sugarcoat it. We can't gaslight each other anymore. We've we got to be right. honest. Right, right, and Eric, 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 you're, you're absolutely right. I want, I want, can you stay with us for a while? Yeah, I'll be here. Okay, I, I also want to mention to you real quick, um, that you're absolutely right with this election, and there's two things I look at. Number one, sadly, I think there's enough dumb voters in America that would actually vote for Joe Biden. Number two, I think the voter fraud uh, can get him across the finish line. They could get, you know, whatever. I mean, even... 40,000, 50,000 of voter fraud could change a whole election. I mean, these Democrats have a lot up their sleeves. We just saw mailmen uh, that work for the Postal Service get caught with fake ballots being delivered. I mean, th- this is nothing to take lightly. No, and we've we got to put an end to this mail-in voting fantasy real quick. you got to vote in person, show an ID, uh, put your damn mask on, stand six feet apart. I mean, if you want to subscribe to that, uh, or just take your hydroxychloroquine, you'll be fine. Right, right. Oh, absolutely. Um, tell everybody where they can uh, connect with your show, connect with you. You're a brilliant lawyer. You're a brilliant talk show host. You get you get hundreds of hundreds uh, of thousands of retweets every month. You, I mean, you have a, millions of likes on your Twitter. You're a very popular guy. Tell everybody. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Uh, well, I, my name is Eric Matheny. I have a show called Bob and Eric Save America. We are formerly weekly wrap-up with Bob and Eric. We used to be with New Right Network. We've moved over to Freedom First Network. Uh, very happy over there with Jeff Dornick and J.D. Rucker. Uh, so you check out our new show, Bob and Eric Save America, every Saturday, 12 noon, streaming on Periscope, Facebook Live, and YouTube. And then you can also subscribe to our podcast on uh, iTunes, uh, Spotify, and Google Podcasts uh, on Twitter, Eric M. Matheny, and uh, try to crank out a few gems every day if I can. I love it. I love it, man. Stay with us. We've got a lot of big stuff to talk about tonight. I'm going to get back to you in a little bit. I want to, some of your opinions after I go on my rant, uh, but uh, I'm glad you could join us, man. I always love your insight. Thanks, Rory. Absolutely. Um, I want to welcome to the show. I mean, I have so many people on the panel, and, and I'm getting to, I promise I'm getting to everybody. Uh, I want to welcome right now, we have political activist 
uh, Gabe Foley. Gabe, what's up, brother? Welcome back. How are you? Hey, Rory. How's it going? Good, man. What's new? Oh, a lot of stuff, man. I'm just in Berkeley here enjoying all the theater, I guess. Uh, it's crazy. Everything's oh, going Jesus down. Oh, Jesus Christ. You're in, Berkeley. You're in Berkeley, one of the biggest liberal hellholes. Man, I can only imagine what you have to witness every day. I know. It, it really is. I think, I think a lot of people don't, don't really know what it's like to be here in Berkeley. So I was going to, you know, talk a little bit about that if you had time for that. Um, you know, I go uh, every morning and go for a long walk with my dog. And I, I see these signs and people are so brainwashed around here, you know. The businesses have signs, and, like, almost every business wants to have a sign. I think some of it may be, you know, they don't want any retaliation against them uh, from rioters or whatnot. Uh, but a lot of it is just total brainwashing. And they have, a, like, a great system of, uh, uh, you know, handing out these signs and a lot of money uh, focused on this, on this uh, you know, totally corporate system uh, that people, for some reason, they think it's uh, – they give that impression that it's some kind of underground movement or something, and it's not. So, you know, I like, like let me give you some examples. In, in every you know, third or fourth house we see, Berkeley uni- uh, stands united against hate, right? I mean, what does that mean? What hate? You know, just that, it's crazy. I'm, I was talking to uh, another guy, and he's telling me, uh, he's like, oh, yeah, the white supremacist that, that came there. And I'm like, what are you talking about? What white supremacist? Uh, so and here's another here's another one too. Uh, uh, in this house, we believe Black Lives Matter, women women's rights are human rights. No human is illegal. Science is real. Love is love. No matter uh, your faith or ability, kindness is everything. I mean, these are things that you really can't disagree with, right? I mean, what right. does all that mean, like? I, I believe Black Lives Matter. I believe uh, of women's they rights do. are human of rights. Of course, they absolutely do. All this stuff matters. But the problem is, Gabe, and you know this just as much as I do, is their movement is not about equality. It's about superiority. Right. They want to take over the nation. Right, and it's such a it's such a lousy, stupid way of putting it because that they're so that oh, like who are they going to disagree with? Like oh, okay, you disagree with that. Obviously, anybody who disagrees with that doesn't know what you know, they're talking about, but it's their interpretation of it. That's what's bullshit. And, and that's why it's so hard to, like, grasp what's going on. Because, you know, people who don't know anything, they see that sign and they're like, oh, yeah, that's true. Like, there must be people who are actually hateful. And, and I'm like, well, where are they? I want to talk with them. I want to know what they have to say. And then I hear what they have to say, according to the, you know, the leftists. I hear what that those so-called hateful people have to say, and I'm like, they're not hateful. They're just, you know, wake up, take take a little listen to what they have to say. You know, it's it yeah, it's totally it's brainwashed. It's unbelievable. I I, I I'm like the world is turned inside out. You know what I mean? Because we got gravity, so you can't say it's upside down. I'm not a flat earther, <laughs> but um, but I feel like you know it's it's insane. I mean, they even have signs. Everyone is welcome. They have a sign. It says everyone's welcome. They got a picture of a woman with a jihad. And um, I'm thinking, well, I, honestly, th- if a woman with a jihad walked into your store, nobody would care. Nobody's gonna like discriminate against them. At, in Berkeley, I, it's just not possible. And there are some people who actually take advantage of this. One one guy who who has a um, uh, uh, a cafe over on uh, College Avenue, 
he had to close his store because somebody went in there and said, hey, he's racist. He was racist against me. He had to close his store and change his name, change the name of the store and everything. That's ridiculous. I mean, it's like absolutely brainwashing from every level. And here's another one. Freedom and safety for all black families. Well, yeah, I mean, families are safe Well, no, here. yeah, I mean, like no shit. About? You know what I mean? Like you're probably saying no shit, of course. Of course we want you guys safe. Right. And then I'm walking down the street and walking my dog, and they on every pole on every corner, I see this racist shit. It's like you, um, in, uh, you must be aware that in this community – there is white Uh-oh. privilege. Uh-oh. And, and there's a whole, whole lit, uh, you know, explanation. I'm like, what the hell? Do they even know anything about this, this neighborhood that I'm in? This neighborhood is mostly Chinese and <laughs> Indian and black people live here. There's, no, there's hardly any white people. Yeah, there's, no, there's not very many white people. And all the, all the buildings that are around here, and there's a lot of um, – you know, uh, units and uh, rentals, and they're owned by the Chinese. Well, why are why aren't the Chinese trying to come out and say, "Well, screw you, Black Lives Matter, for being racist towards us"? Right, because the Chinese are controlling this whole thing, man. They're behind all this stuff. George Soros, the Chinese Communist Party, all this. This is and people that don't really realize how well the Chinese are in every single corner of America, like. Everywhere you can, they they taken they've practically much taken over, and Trump is the only person who's like really stood down to them. And now it's like the shit has hit the fan. You know what I mean? No, I I absolutely know what you mean, one hundred percent. I mean, and you're in Berkeley. Uh, please, I mean, most of the audience probably knows that uh, that's fairly close to San Francisco. I don't know the exact uh, distance, but how close are you to San Francisco? Like forty five minute drive? Very close. It's a 15-minute drive with no traffic. We just go right over the – in fact, if you come from San Francisco, go right over the Bay Bridge. You'll land in Emeryville, and then uh, it's the next town over, Berkeley. So, yeah, we're yeah. right here, right next to San Francisco. And really, it's the elitist hub, too. I mean, everything starts here. Any kind of, And the people here are kind of crazy, too. They, you know, whatever kind of crazy, insane, oh, I've seen stupid, it. ridiculous I've thing seen it. comes from here. <laughs> oh, dude, I – but you know what, Gabe, what's crazy is I see the videos of what they do to people at Berkeley, and I'm just – I've never seen a college more violent in my life. I mean, that's like the, the hub, the, the home of liberalism, radical, radical, radicals. I mean, there's, these people are pure communists. Right, absolutely. I mean, the only weird part, the I don't, I think because George Soros' son lives around here, and that they're they live in this town somewhere in the hills and different areas. That you know, I got my fingers crossed, but um, you know, it's all happening up in Portland, all the violent stuff. And for some reason, we haven't seen anything over here. It's like eerily quiet. So, <laughs> I don't want to give them any ideas. Right, but no. And, and here's something I talked about on my show on Tuesday is that there's a rumor, and, and I don't know if you follow Bill Mitchell on Twitter, but Bill Mitchell's oh, pretty yeah, accurate. I mean, yeah, he's one, he's one of the most uh, – I follow pretty much everything he says, and he, he's heard from numerous sources that George Soros died. So, I, you know, yeah, I'd, love I heard to, that. I heard that. I'd love to confirm that, uh, but uh, I have a feeling that we'll, we will never know, even if he is dead. 
Right, exactly. They'll make some kind of <laughs> they'll make some kind of clone out of him, right? <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, I don't, I don't, it's weird. I mean, it's weird what's going on right now. Um, I, you know, it's crazy. In San Francisco, I mean, the poverty there and the, the politics, I mean, you probably see it every day what, what California's turned into, a third world country. California used to be the most wonderful place on earth. Now people Absolutely. say California, like, eh, California, yes. California, like you said last time. <laughs> yeah, man, I but, mean, it's crazy, Dude, it's insane. It's insane. Then it gets weirder every day. It's like being in a Twilight Zone episode. But there's a lot of good things that are happening out there. You know, I get inspired by um, Angela Stanton. You know, Trump pardoned her, and she's in District 5 in Georgia. And Candace Owens and Larry Elder came out with that Uncle Tom. Uncle, I I bought that, and then I bought the video. That was great. Yeah. And um, yeah. and this this uh, in, in Orange County, the mask mandate was um, removed by Peggy Hall. I'm sure you know about that. That's the, that's like a real, yeah. but something, you know, I mean, we're suffering here without, you know, our oxygen just to get around. Sometimes you get a headache, you feel sick and to get that mask mandate removed. I mean, that's a big thing. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. 100%. Uh, one, one more thing uh, is this today is actually world day against trafficking persons. Did you know that July 30th? Yep. Oh, so yeah. I, oh, yeah. I, wanted, I wanted to mention that 800,000 children are missing every year. And, and I mean, we're talking about, they're talking, they're flipping out, uh, putting us through hell about this uh, COVID-19, which is a big scam. But 800, I mean, that, and supposedly it's 130,000, whatever, which is BS. But 800,000 children every year are missing. And nobody says a thing. It's, no, it's I know, sick. I know, it, I know. It, it, it's very sick. Get, it is very sick, Gabe. It's sick stuff. We have to fix it. Um, tell it. I'm going to get back to you after I do my rants. I'm going to get some of your opinions. But tell everybody sure. where they can connect with you. I, I know your uh, social media following. You have over a hundred thousand followers. You're, 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 you've built up quite the audience and uh, fan base. Yeah, yeah. So um, just check me out on Twitter. Um, that's all I got going on right now. Hopefully they're not going to like shut me down. So sometimes they scare you a little bit, but um, I'm at uh, at Gabriel Foley, G-A-B-R-I-E-L-F-O-L-E-Y on Twitter. And uh, yeah, send me a DM. There's a lot of cool things um, that I'm, I I come across in different websites and I post them. So I love it. I love it. I love it, buddy. I love it. Um, let let me let's stay stay with us. Uh, I'm gonna get right back to you. I want to introduce to the panel. I believe he's with us right now. I want to welcome him. Him to the show, uh, his first time on, popular activist, and I want to make sure I'm pronouncing his name right, Equintal Middleton. How are you, sir? Hey, how you doing, Rory? How are you, man? Doing good, man. It's really good to have you here. You know, I follow your videos. I follow your updates. I follow everything you're doing to help the mega community and, and change things for, the, for, for black lives and, and really, you know, uh, wake people up. To, to, to the, the evilness of the Democratic Party and, and how, how, they, how they've been using minorities for all these years, and they don't give a shit about them. And, you know, you, you really I, – I love, I, love, I love your material, man. I love it. Well, that's an honor, man, coming from you. And, uh, you know, I went on and see the things that you're doing. You're a hard man to catch up with. Every time I see you, you're in another state. 
uh, you know, you're just living life, man. You're doing some great things. I'm really glad to be on your show. Thank you. Bro. Thank you, brother. I really appreciate it. Tell, tell, so tell us your first time on. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing. I, I know that, uh, you know, obviously you walked away. Uh, you, you woke up to, you know, the great things Trump was doing. And, and I mean, this movement is, is bigger than ever, than ever before, uh, Blacks for Trump. I mean, he, he may get over 30% of the vote, man, of black, for Blacks. I mean, that, that's beyond impressive. Yeah, well, let me give you a little bit of my background. Um, I actually can't, you know, I, I heard you mention, you know, he grew up, he, uh, Obama didn't grow up in the hood, and uh, he doesn't know anything about black struggle. Uh, I did. I grew up on uh, 191st Street in Woodhall in Jamaica, Queens, and uh, it was a really tough area. I would come out of my apartment building and see uh, uh, men chopped up in plastic bags. I've got gunshots. I've stepped over uh, dead bodies on my block. Uh I've seen the worst of the worst, and uh, I grew up in that area. And uh, around 1996, uh, I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And uh, in 2006, I was in church, uh, of course, you know, uh, an all-black church, and uh, Obama was, uh, he was elected president. And uh, I'll never forget, it was a Tuesday night. Uh, I think it was 2006, is that correct? Yeah, when yeah, Obama was, was elected. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so it was a Tuesday night, and uh, we were we happened to be in church. And um, when he when it was said that you know he won the election, everyone in the church uh, started you know it was singing and dancing and clapping and doing the you know the good old shouting that uh, you know we're accommodated to. Uh, but something within me, Rory, uh, felt different. You know, it was my conscience. I I, I seemed to could not celebrate. Uh, at that point, uh, I stood up, but I felt, uh, like I said, it, was a, it, it felt like a violation to my conscience to actually celebrate. Because I'm saying to myself, well, God was saying to me, uh, do they know what they are celebrating? Do they know that they're clapping their hands for abortion? Do they know that they're clapping their hands for, uh, you know, things that God does not stand for? And uh, are, they, are they shouting for uh, just because, you know, a black man is in office? Or are they shouting because they have a man that's going to honor God in the office? Uh, so from then on, I, I went on to uh, go to Calvary Baptist Church at the New York School of the Bible, and I studied apologetics. And apologetics helped me to see the world in a biblical worldview, and that uh, really helped me to establish uh, voting for voting with a godly conscience. And then you know comes Trump. And I said, wow, this guy stands for uh, the three main things that Quince Advice stands for. You know, that's my name on uh, it's, uh, YouTube and on Facebook. Uh, Trump stands firmly on the three main things that I focus on in most of my videos, which is uh, biblical marriage. Uh, he stands for Israel. You know, he supports Israel. And he is pro-life. And God is all three of those in very big ways. You know, God is a God of the uh, innocent of the new, uh, unborn. Uh, he's, a, he's a God of biblical marriage, which is the union between one man and one woman. And uh, God is a God who loves Israel. He loves us all, but, you know, he, he said that he will bless those who bless Israel. And Trump has done a great, a great, uh, great thing in supporting Israel, and that's why America is blessed. I didn't see Obama do that. Uh, so, you know... It's hard as as a person. 
I hate to say this, but they use the term of color or a black man or but we are made in the image of God. But it's you know, I've been called the coon, I've been called this and I called that, but uh uh it, that's why I stand on the theme of resilience and uh resilience is definitely people, one of the things that Obama you, and, when, and, yeah. and when people call you those names, you just gotta embrace it. You, you gotta say, Well, you're the insecure one trying to ridicule me for my beliefs. Like they're the ones that look ignorant and dumb and out of touch because they don't know that they're still on the plantation getting used like political pawns. They don't get it. They, th- they think that because, you know, Democrat, the Democrats are the biggest phonies on earth. There's nothing that they've done for the black community that has ever benefited them except give them welfare, give them food stamps, uh, you know, create this whole poverty mess that, you know, they really don't want to fix because – it, it, it uh, they need something to talk about when they when they're getting reelected. They you know they need to say that they have a have a, sol- a solution to something they never plan on fixing. You know what I mean? I mean it's a never ending cycle with these people. And they you know it, and it let's isn't. face the facts. Let and let's face the facts. They invented slavery. They invented the KKK, and they invented plantations. I mean these are the people. These are the hateful racist people, and they want to call us racist. They need to check this. They need to check their facts. You know, I listened to an interview with a guy called David Horowitz on the, uh, I think it was a talk show with a guy named Jane, uh, Family Talk. And uh, David Horowitz pointed out that, uh, you know, how, how Planned Parenthood and uh, was formed by uh, Margaret Sanger, I believe. And oh, yeah. uh, how yep. it was actually black Africans that sold Africans into slavery. And, uh, you know, it's just like, wow, you know, we look at everything. Uh, a long time ago, I took off viewing the world through the lens of a black man. You know, yes, I am black, but that's, that's you know, that's, that's just the way God made me. But I don't see the world through the lens of a black man. I see the world. I right. try we're all, to we're all the world through the lens that's of what God. I try, that's what I try yeah. to tell. And that's what I try to tell people. I mean, we're all American. Yeah. We all bleed the same blood. We all bleed the same blood. You know, uh, I, don't, I don't care what somebody's color is. You know, it's all about how you portray yourself. It's all about how you act. It's all about what you can do for your country and, and, how, you, and how you can, you know, be the best person in, in civilization as possible. I mean, it's, and that's really what it's, what, what it's about. It's not, in politics, these politicians, they use color to divide us. It's not about color. It's not about that. It's, it's about humanity. It's about, you know, being an American. When I hear somebody say, well, I'm an African-American. Well, you weren't born in Africa. Uh, why don't you just call yourself an American like everybody else? Like, why can't we just stop putting people in boxes? You know, I was looking at the, uh, the news today, and it said, uh, I think it was new today, and it said 150,000 and counting. Have we become desensitized to COVID's death toll? Right, that was the uh, that was the headline for news today. But I said to myself, Are we desensitized? Aren't Black Lives Matter desensitized to the abortion death toll? To the fact that exactly. more Black lives have been killed by abortion than you know than uh, cops, white cops. So it's a lot right. of things that we are desensitized to, but we need to be sensitized to some of the things that we're desensitized to. You know, it's a, so it's just, it's hard, but uh, I think God is waking us up in a lot of ways. You know, I just and, uh, and, I pray for. Him. Oh, and I love no, I, I love everything you're saying, and and you're absolutely right. Like they only want to call out the problem 
when it's like that less than 1% chance a white cop goes after a black guy rather than the 90% problem of black-on-black crime or, the, like you said, the abortions. I mean, they kill millions of black babies a year. Why isn't Black Lives Matter marching? I'm sick. It, it's just it's bullshit, bro. It's so true, man. Uh, Aristotle said we're all political in nature. You know, it's like it's something that enrages us. You know, why are we so enraged in politics? You know, it's something in us that we all know something is wrong. You know, something politics is ingrained in the conscience of everybody. So you bring up on the issue and you see the rage come out. One of the most popular videos that I ever did was, uh, I think it was called, uh, Did God Call Trump? to be president did he you know did god make trump president and one of the reasons why i believe he made trump president or he allowed trump to be president is because his stand on abortion his standing on uh you know being an ally to israel you know um, those are the things that god supports so when you're looking for a president you know you need to look at god's word to see what kind of president god would have and i don't think when we come before god in the end of time, I don't think God's going to have a black line or a white line. You know, all, right, so all white people stand on this line, and Chinese people, stand, you know, I don't think I don't think we're going to be judged by God for our color. I think we're going to be judged by God by you know the deeds that we've done here on earth. Who do we vote for? Why did you vote for him? Did you vote for him because he was black? Did you vote for him because because he was white? Why did you vote for this person? What did he stand for that made you think that he was in alignment with my will? So, you know, uh, I think Trump is resilient. That's the theme for Clint's advice this year. He's, he's very resilient. You know, like you said, he's come against a lot, all those court court battles he's had, and he's he's definitely a big uh, big guy on comeback, coming back, you know. And, I think he's and got I wanna, supernatural I wanna, Frank, power, man. <laughs> you know, I, I agree. I agree. You're, you're, you're absolutely, you know, perfect with everything you're saying. I, I'm loving it. I, you know, I want to. I think it's important that I want to bring up this. You know, we really have seen a lot of huge names like Tiger Woods, Floyd Mayweather, Mike Tyson, uh, Dennis Rodman, um, Kanye West, um, name Deontay Wilder, Jim Brown, names that uh, are the best at their at their craft uh, that that we've ever seen in sports or or entertainment or whatever. And, you know, these people come out and, you know, if they, they support Trump and then they get called, you know, mental or they get called all these names. I mean, we're seeing how Kanye's being treated. You know, Kanye woke up the black community to what's really going on, to what we're really facing and, and to you know, the reality check of how the Democrats have been treating every single one uh, of these black individuals. I mean, it, it's, it's sickening. And, you know, when he when he comes out and puts himself on the line and, and, and really, you know, uh, uh, you know, wakes people up. He gets called mental. He gets called crazy. He gets called loony. He gets called all these different names. All these people call him all these different names. And, and you, you, we have to really admire, uh, you know, just the, the balls and the guts this takes to actually, because there's so many people that won't say a damn thing because they're too scared of the backlash. I mean, we just saw Terry Crews another famous person come out and try to speak against black lives matter. And he was crucified. I mean, it doesn't end. We, who else? Let me give you some other, Oh, Jerry Rice, a couple of years ago said that yeah. all lives matter. And they started giving him shit for it. I, I, I just, I could go on and on and on, but I, I want to talk about this Kanye thing. Cause I really think, you know, whether he's serious or not. Um, and I, you know, I, I think that I was, I may sound, I may sound crazy right now, 
but I think Kanye is one of the smartest individuals to ever exist. And and he and and, and I'm not and I, I I'm not I'm not I'm not you know just saying this. This guy is arguably the greatest musician of his generation. First of all, I've been a fan since 2005. I saw him front row. Perhaps dope. the best performer I've ever seen. Second of all, he made more money in business than he did in music, and he made he made more money in music than most musicians. So what does that tell you? I mean, this guy's a billionaire. This guy has a mindset. He's a visionary. He's extremely creative. He even has Elon Musk, who wants to be his VP. I mean, what? I mean, I really think that Kanye West, he's on to something. I mean, he's still a young guy. He's still got a lot left. He's proved a lot of doubters wrong. Um, he supported Trump, um, and he's really, I think, given Trump more black support uh, than anyone could have ever imagined. I mean, there are so many people that look up to people like all these names I just mentioned, and I, and I think it makes an impact. What are your thoughts on this? And, and re- in reality, I do think he could uh, take away votes from Biden because there's, there's so many black people that don't want Biden in there. They do not want him the 94 crime bill, strong example. They do not right. want to be affiliated with a he, – he locked up more blacks than anyone in history. And I, I think, you know, some, you know, some blacks don't obviously like Trump, so what's their other alternative? They're going to go vote for Kanye. I mean, Kanye's getting on the ballot in some states. He's missed the deadline on, on, a, on a lot of them, but he can still, in his opinion, uh, change the vote to help, help Trump. I, you know, I don't know if this is one of his – episodes or but it just it's really fascinating like following this guy because he's he always says all this stuff and it gets all this publicity but it's actually doing a lot of good but what are your thoughts i definitely i've been you know i've been a fan of kanye before his uh conversion uh he was bold i think kanye is like the paul uh of the bible he's like the paul of today's uh rap industry uh, Kanye is bold. Kanye is, uh, you know, he stands for truth and he does not care uh, who opposes him. And uh, that's 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 the kind of passion that God is looking for. Kanye is uh, definitely musically inclined. I went to go see Kanye when he came out here to Queens, uh, New York. He came to Allen Cathedral and I did a video right there on, on the set and I was asking people, you know, what they thought about Kanye and did they, uh, did they think he was just doing it for clout, like, you know, supporting Trump? You know, was he just trying to bring, like, you know, clout and fame to his name? And, uh, you know, the overwhelming response was, you know what? Quit that by, well, the overwhelming response was, you know what, if he is from the Christian uh, community, was if he is, let God determine that. You know, let, you know, let God deal with that. But right now he's on the right path. I think that, you know, the things that he's saying and doing – is correct, and he's standing for truth. And uh, I think it was George McDonald that said, "To give truth to those who love it not is only to give them more multiplied reasons for misinterpretation." So people are listening to what Kanye says, and then they're misinterpreting it. They're, uh, you know, they're adding another sentiment to it. They're adding a funk to it. They're twisting it. You know, they do the same thing with Trump. And uh, those are just the things that, you know, that Satan misinterpret and, and try to twist the scriptures. You know, he tried to use that. That's that's the old trick of the devil. So, you know, Kanye is just being, uh, you know, he's being persecuted just like any other person who would be courageous enough to stand up 
for God and stand up for truth, stand up and support Trump, uh, whether whether they be black or white. But, you know, a black man in the rap industry supporting Trump is uh, a hard thing. And Kanye put his whole his whole career on the line. He's a I commend him for that because he, you know, like you, like you said, he's uh, he's, he's a businessman. He, he didn't just stay in rap. He, he you know, he widened right. his scope. He's a smart man, you know. Uh, like I said, he's so passionate. You know, he's uh, and you, you gotta you love know, him. You gotta love his mindset. Yeah, and you know what I've you know what I've been noticing a lot a lot of the hardcore hardcore individuals like the real the real the real you know the real black dudes who know what it's been hardships. You know they're they're the ones that are supporting Trump. You you have the, a lot of these people. I, I just I mean I see it all. I mean look at Dennis Rodman, look at Floyd Mayweather, look at Mike Tyson, look at Kanye West, look at uh, uh, other other names. All these people came from some of the biggest hardships you could ever think. So if if right. Trump was a racist, they wouldn't they would call him out. But obviously he's not, and the media still wants to say he is. It's stupid. You know what I mean? I mean, I he, think it's he, the real. You know what? It's people. crazy. He's got Kevin Gates. Kevin Gates, one of the most gangster rappers on the face of the earth, supporting Trump. I mean, if that. I mean, that's that's. I mean, that right. Oh, sorry. The, 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 hold on a second, guys. The mic. The mic fell for a second. Sorry. No, but if he, that's he, any indication, he ranted so hard people, he dropped his mic. <laughs> no, I know. I know. But you know what I mean, man. Like it's making a difference. Things are happening. Yeah, you know, if you you know, that says it. If you're really hardcore, then you should be hard enough to stand for truth. You should you know, whether Trump is black, white or whatever he is, I think the real gangster rappers who have real heart, you know, and the really you know, if you really you really put your mouth where your your your, your rap is and your mindset and your heart where your rap is and like you said, there's a trait for those black rappers, hardcore rappers that are standing up and I think those who claim to be hardcore and aren't standing up for what they know is right in their heart. Those are the ones who, you know, that's that's like that's like a cowardly uh, stance on it, you know. So it's it's surprising and shocking, but you know, this is the way God separates the wheat from the tares, man. You know, it's like you gotta be, you know, you you, you walk around and you say, Jack, look at that guy. You know, he doesn't need. He's putting his whole career. He's putting getting canceled. Everybody's getting canceled. Ah, he's canceled. You know what I'm saying? So it's like yeah. I'm in a business. No, I hear, dude. I hear. No, I hear. Canceled. So I hear everything. I hear everything. I hear everything you're saying. It makes total sense. Uh, I want you to stay with us. Stay with us if you can. Uh, tell everybody where they can connect with you, find you, all that good stuff. I will get back to you here within the next hour sure. uh, before we end the show, and I want you some more of your opinions. I'm going to give some headlines, and then I'm going to obviously get to everybody on the panel. But uh, tell everybody where they can connect with you. Well, you can find me on YouTube at uh, Quint's Advice. Uh, I do, uh, do some, uh, I, did, I think I did some videos uh, concerning Trump there. Uh, Quint's Advice on YouTube, Quint's Advice on Facebook. Uh, or I think you'll find me on Facebook or uh, Instagram also, Quint's Advice on Instagram, or Quint's Middleton on Facebook. Uh, Quint's Middleton is a hard one, but... Just just Google Quint's advice on any one of those three platforms, and you should find it. Excellent. Q-U-I-N-T-S Excellent. advice. Okay. Okay, perfect. Perfect. Well, stay with us. Take a quick commercial break, and we are coming back with all our other guests. Everybody, it is a very beautiful night here in Arizona, and we got a lot to get to on the Rory Sider Show. Stay tuned. 
TGI Friday's famous sizzling entrees that you know and love like chicken, shrimp, and cheese just got even hotter. With new delicious tastes like whiskey, flat iron steak, and the tastiest sizzling street foods. Hurry in. Now starting at only $10. We bring the sizzle like no other. New sizzling entrees starting at $10. TGI Friday's, the home of endless apps. Endless apps every night, 9 p.m. to close. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from the Rory Sodder Show. Are you an aspiring entrepreneur? Do you have an app idea? Do you want to save money? Well, I got great news for you. My company, GetYourAppBuilt.com, charges a fraction of the cost compared to anywhere else. And all of our work is the same amount of professionalism you'd see from any other company. Uh, Please visit our website, GetYourAppBuilt.com, for your free consultation and contact us today. Thank you. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from the Rory Sodder Show. Please visit TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com for all your authentic, customized, and creative President Trump apparel and merchandise. You won't find products like this anywhere else. And best part of all, it's made here right in the USA. Use Mega45 at checkout for 30% off your first purchase. Again, visit TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com today for a wide variety of great selections. Thank you. She's still the one for you. And Cialis for daily use helps you be ready anytime the moment is right. Cialis is also the only daily ED tablet approved to treat symptoms of BPH, like needing to go frequently. Tell your doctor about all your medical conditions and medicines and ask if your heart is healthy enough for sex. Do not take Cialis if you take nitrates for chest pain as it may cause an unsafe drop in blood pressure. Do not drink alcohol in excess. Side effects may include headache, upset stomach, delayed backache, or muscle ache. To avoid long-term injury, get medical help right away for an erection lasting more than four hours. If you have any sudden decrease or loss in hearing or vision or any allergic reactions like rash, hives, swelling of the lips, tongue, or throat, or difficulty breathing or swallowing, stop taking Cialis and get medical help right away. Ask your doctor about Cialis for daily use and a free 30-tablet trial. Packaging. I'm Ray, and I quit smoking with Chantix. I tried cold turkey. I tried the patch. They didn't work for me. I didn't think anything was going to work for me until I tried Chantix. Chantix, along with support, helps you quit smoking. Chantix reduced my urge to smoke. I needed that to quit. When you try to quit smoking, with or without Chantix, you may have nicotine withdrawal symptoms. Some people had changes in behavior or thinking, aggression, hostility, agitation, depressed mood, or suicidal thoughts or actions with Chantix. Serious side effects may include seizures, new or worse heart or blood vessel problems, sleepwalking, or allergic and skin reactions, which can be life-threatening. Stop Chantix and get help right away if you have any of these. Tell your health care provider if you've had depression or other mental health problems. Decrease alcohol use while taking Chantix. Use caution when driving or operating machinery. The most common side effect is nausea. I can't tell you how good it feels to have smoke behind me. Talk to your doctor about Chantix. And we are back. The Rory Sauter Show, coast to coast, worldwide. Listen to in 25 countries on 70 online platforms. Everybody, it is a wonderful night. We have so many people I'm going to get to on the panel. Um, just to name a few uh, who will be joining us tonight, we have U.S. congressional candidate from California, Mike Cargile, is calling in. Um, very excited to talk to him. We also will be having U.S. congressional candidate from Oregon, Amy Ryan Corser. Uh, policy expert and legislative director Michael Invazon will be joining us shortly. Uh, veteran and military expert Gregory Merck will be calling in. 
Uh, we'll also be talking to U.S. congressional candidate from Arizona, good, good, good friend of mine, Josh Barnett, uh, among many others. Still a big night here on the Rory Sauter Show. I'm also very excited to talk to PWC Republican Committee Chairman uh, Tim Parrish here shortly. Um, guys, I, I want to uh, mention just, um, you know, quickly – just a few things that I, I kind of wanted to touch base on earlier, early in the show uh, that I did not. Um, first of all, rest in peace, Herman Cain. You know, I, we obviously talked about this a little bit with um, um, some, of the, some of the guests on the opening. But I, I just wanted to really give my uh, deepest condolences. I mean, I, I admired this guy. I love this guy. He changed the game of politics. He will never be forgotten. Uh, in a lot of ways, I saw Martin Luther King, Malcolm. You know, Malcolm X traits, you know, I think this man had a gift of, of gab and, and, and a natural talent like nobody, uh, like, like nobody, you know, we've seen in, 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 in you know, in a, long, in a long time. I mean, this guy, this guy could have easily been president if he was not screwed over. I mean, there's not too many people like Herman Cain that will, you know, come uh, and uh, be around us in life. And, you know, this kind of. Uh, gift and, and opportunity and, um, you know, just light he shined. It's just, it's, it's so profound. It, it's just, so, it's so special. And, um, you know, I watched everything about him. Um, I was always following him, retweeting him, everything. And, you know, it's just a sad day for America. It really, really is. And uh, he will uh, forever be remembered. I mean, we're, we're going to carry on his legacy. Uh, we're going to do things, I mean, that, that he wanted us to do. Uh, and he, you know, I'll tell you this, one of his strongest strengths, if not his best, was loyalty. He stayed loyal to our president from day one. He was so good to our president, and he was so good to just people. Everybody I talked to today on social media, whoever encountered or had any sort of interaction with him, just thought the world of him. And, and he just, he made everybody else, a priority. It wasn't really about him, you know, just a, a very, very social, respectful, down to earth gentleman um, who unfortunately, you know, I, I wish he had a longer career in Washington, but we see these swamp creatures and how they treated him. And, you know, they, uh, I, I mean, Trump, Trump obviously beat these swamp creatures, but that's very hard to do. I mean, that's Trump's a, a once in a lifetime commodity. You know, Herman, in a lot of ways, Herman Cain was a, a huge, significant outsider when he, when he first approached the scene. I mean, I remember 2012. If you really look back at that election, he was, if, if I don't recall, I mean, somebody correct me if I'm wrong, he, he, he kind of got that the outsider thing uh, green-lighted. I mean, he really, we, had, we hadn't seen a candidate like that uh, in quite some time uh, or ever. I mean, this guy came out of, out of left field, was not a part of the establishment, and, and I think he opened uh, a, lot of, a, a lot of eyes and, and ears. And this, you know, we saw four more years of Obama, obviously a disgrace, uh, until 2016, and then you see Trump. You know, I, and, and I think Herman Cain, in certain ways, helped Trump, you know, just from the 2012. I mean, I think so many people in 2012 – you know, you saw, if you saw the polls in 2012, Herman Cain was leading for a long time. He was leading for a long time. And then we all saw the sex scandal that was fake, completely fabricated, and like we talked about earlier in the show, because Barack Obama uh, felt threatened by him. 
because, um, you know, he knew that, you know, this guy can actually take care of business. But, uh, Herman, I love you, buddy. Um, I was actually hoping to meet you someday, but, you know, this is, uh, this is just so unfortunate. But uh, you're home with God, and, uh, you know, I, I know uh, heaven is treating you like a superstar, just like you treated all of us. God bless you, sir. Um, it, you know, this is, this is absolutely insane. You know, I'm seeing everything with this whole tech suppression stuff. Um, we saw on Capitol Hill yesterday. I mean, a lot of it's political theater. Let's face it, guys. The reality is these companies are worth billions of dollars in America. They're global brands. They always find loopholes to break the law. They'll always do something or make an excuse to not face the music. So, you know, I and even Trump went on Twitter and, and made a, it perfectly clear that Congress and the Senate is all talk, no action. They're not going to hold big tech accountable. You know why? Because big tech is in their pockets. Big tech says, here, here's a check. Shut up. Don't talk about us. Problem solved. That's all. I mean, D.C. has been compromised for years with big tech. You know, and, and if you look, if you look at – oh, sorry, guys. It, I don't know what happened. There was, a, there was a connection error for about two seconds. But if you look – going back to what I was saying, if you look at how compromised D.C. has been with these big entities and these corporations and these tech companies, like this, this is how big tech is so powerful. This is how they have all this power and influence because they can tell anybody what to do. And they have China giving them all this money. And, I mean, it goes on and on and on and on. It's a never-ending rabbit hole. I mean, we, we, can, we can do talk about this all day until we're dead in the face. We can beat a dead horse. But they're just going to go around the answer. They're never going to solve anything. They're not. They don't want – you know, they want to control the world. That's their objective. Why do you think they're called masters of the universe? Because they and, – and, and I talk about this on my show all the time, and I'll talk about it again. Everything we do on a daily basis is in regards to our smartphones, whether that's paying bills, buying stuff on the marketplace, reading the news. Do I need to say anything further? If you have that, that sort of power and manipulation over the masses, over the people that are viewing your, your stuff, I mean – I mean, when was the last time you've seen anybody, you know, use a landline or use anything old school? Everything's smartphone. Everything's social media. Everything is, you know, totally skewed. Their algorithms are so messed up. I'm an app developer. I've been building technology, apps, and tracking devices for eight years. I know how the game's played. I, and I also said that I think the biggest threat to America is big tech. And I don't, th- I, don't, I don't even think that's even a question. What their capabilities, I mean, do you, want, do, do, do you want to talk about AI? Do you want to talk about, you know, all these things that they're developing? I mean, it's, it's, it's mind-blowing. They, we're living in a time like never seen before. Um, and I'm going to get a lot of people's opinions on this whole tech thing because this is, was a whole big freaking, you know, debacle and huge situation on uh, Capitol Hill this past week. And, you know, I... I don't like political theater. Like indictments already. Fine them. Same thing with this whole Durham AG bar going after the deep state, going after the Obama spies. I want indictments. I don't want talk. Just do it already. Jesus, man. Society and, and you know, 
we have people like Nancy Pelosi who are coming out and, you know, rejecting bills that, are, that could help small businesses and that could help all of us. I mean, we have all these people that are going against America. It, it's a sick, sad time right now. You know, I, I, and I'm seeing just nonsense, defunding the police. And the John Lewis funeral, they're telling us all to stay inside, stay quarantined, social distance, but you guys get to live to another standard? You, oh, oh, I get it. It's the quote, right? Do as I say, not as I do. You guys weren't even two feet apart. You guys wouldn't I – mean, and, and why can't other loved ones have their funerals? Why do politicians – Get, why do all these people – why did George Floyd get a funeral? Why, why did George Floyd get a funeral and, and these other families didn't? Why, why – it's all about spreading a message. And then you have Barack Hussein, Obama, have the nerve to stand up there and, and attack Trump and make a funeral about, about, you know, the 2020 election. What the hell is going on? Uh, I want to welcome the show. I believe she's with us right now. I want to make sure. Um, yeah, very excited to talk to her. We have U.S. congressional candidate from Oregon, Amy Ryan Corser. Amy, welcome. Rory, thank you. And I've been listening to your show all night, and i got to be honest, it's my first time. And you have a huge new fan here in Oregon. Congratulations. Well, thank you so much. Um, I you're obviously welcome. love everything you're doing. Thank you. I love everything you're doing. Um, I hope the connection's been okay. Sometimes it's, it's, it's cut in and out tonight for some weird reason. I don't know if it has to do with weather. You know, I, I, am, on a, I am on the water right now, so I don't know, it's, it's, I don't know what's going on. But you, here you are. Tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm very excited that you're running. You have a lot of potential. Oregon's a big mess right now. Your governor's a disgrace. Uh, your, the mayor of Portland is a beta male. Um, you know, he's, I just, I can go on and on, but go ahead. I want to give you the floor. Yeah. Well, you know what? You've everything you said to everything that you have said tonight, you've completely nailed. And it's like, have you been in my conversations all week? Because I swear you're just completely nailing it. So, um, I apologize if I'm repeating anything you've already said, but I'll tell you, um, you just nailed it. Portland's a mess. I don't live in Portland, but, um, let me just share. I appreciate the opportunity to share the campaign. My name is Amy Ryan Corser. I'm a congressional nominee. I won my primary um, by over 50%. It was a huge win uh, for me. And I'm in District 5 in Oregon. Thank you. Yeah, it was, there was four of us in the race. So it was an honor to receive um, that much um, support from the, you know, the, the district. Um, a little bit about me. I'm a successful business owner. I am not a career politician. Um, I am a former foster kid, former city counselor, and I'm an unapologetic Trump supporter. I'm also pro-life, pro-Second Amendment, and, and I'm an unyielding conservative. So I'll tell you, you said so many things tonight that just resonated with me. I'm excited to support you in the future. But, you know, one of the things you said I think is one of the most important things that you said earlier, and, I, of course, I'm following the, the uh, congressional uh, uh, track here, but, you know, Trump's been under attack for the entire time of his presidency. Imagine what he could accomplish if he wasn't pay, playing defense the entire time, you know. Um, and he need, you're right, he needs the support of Congress to make things happen. I'm a businesswoman headed to D.C. to clean house, literally. Republicans, we need to be tougher. We need to unite, and we need to pull people accountable, and we need to, we need to stop 
um, allowing everyone to walk all over us because the Democrats, they're a machine. And, as, you know, us as Republicans, we have to stick together. Now, remember, of course, I'm fighting for everyone. I won my platform on a conservative um, platform. I'm very Republican. But I also have to represent everyone, and I think it's really important that I'm doing a good job of listening to the people in my district. So, Absolutely. So tell, tell, me, tell me which areas your district covers. Okay, so in the 5th District, I'm about the size of Connecticut, and I have 6,000 square miles, and so I have everything. It's really a diverse um, diverse area. So I have everything from a little bit of Multnomah County. I have eight counties, excuse me, seven counties, um, and I have a lot of everything from, you know, infrastructure issues, but I also have a lot of agriculture, farmers, forestry. Um, we're really we're really made up of a lot of different um, uh, different entities here in in our district, and it's huge. So, and I'll tell you, no one ever, you know, I've never seen anything written on how to run a campaign in a pandemic. That's for sure. So, um, so it's been interesting to adapt for sure. And, you, and so, what 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 are the main cities? Like, what's the biggest city that you represent? So, Clackamas County, that's female Milwaukee, Oregon City. Um, Salem, Oregon is our state capital. I, I represent Salem, Marion County. Um, all the way, almost okay. the entire coastline of Oregon is mine. Um, and that's, of okay. course, uh, we have a lot of farmers there in agriculture and forestry as well. So, Very nice, very nice. And, you know, I, you know, as you know, you and I talked earlier, I'm from Seattle. And, uh-huh. I mean, what, what, what's going on there? is the same as what's going on in Portland. I mean, they, the police right. chief in Seattle has now told residents and business owners that they're on their own. And, and you know what? Yeah. I'm actually I'm happy about this because the morons I grew up with need to learn a natural lesson. They need, to, they need to really suffer the consequences of demonizing police officers, and they need to get a taste of, of reality because I'm sick of the, 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 the war on cops. Uh, you know, and, and right. these, these, poli- these police officers, whether it's Seattle uh, or Portland or where, wherever, I mean, they're limited to what they can do to defend themselves because you've got these evil mayors and these politicians telling them to stand down, and you've got them resigning in, in past. I mean, it's a dangerous, yep. dangerous <laughs> time, and we have it protesters is. now in Portland who are suing uh, the Trump administration for federal response. You guys are burning down the city. Trump sends in reinforcements and you're going to try to sue him. Oh, okay. Right. Right. Well, and, and I think people need to remember, and I say people meaning, you know, the, the, the people you're speaking of, that you're right, Portland's a mess, but I'll tell you what, those feds, they don't need permission to come in from anyone to protect our federal bil- buildings and federal jurisdiction. Everything, even all of the arson falls under federal. A lot of people don't realize that. And there are codes and precedents already set up to enforce the law. And, um, you know, I, I praise President Trump. I'm so glad that he's coming in. And I'll tell you what, I think it's going to get worse before it gets better, but it's time to end the lawlessness. I'm all about free speech. I'm all about, as we all know, and I've heard you, you know, of course, speak on, this is not what this is about. So, you know, we have to, we have to take our state back. And you know what? We don't have the leadership, unfortunately. We have not had the leadership that is strong enough 
to um, to fight back and to hold you know hold people accountable. And that includes that includes definitely. Um, I'm running against a um, a long-term career politician who is, you know, he's very sided with Pelosi and Governor Brown, and you know, he's completely hiding like the rest of the Democrats in Oregon, um, and not providing any accountability or even helping the businesses get funding. Our businesses are getting ripped apart. If nothing else, standing back and watching the lawlessness and let them, you know, let it in at full, like like what you kind of recommended and said that is happening. The reality is these businesses are suffering. They're losing their, um, they're losing their livelihood, their passion, their dream. I'm a small business owner. I actually, um, I was a city councilor and a business owner and have been for years. And, you know, your blood, sweat, and tears go into those businesses, you know, all of us for, we're, you know, we're, we're small businesses and they are relocating and shutting down and a lot of them are not reopening. And, and that's the sad part. It's like that's where, that's where we just have to come in and say this is not okay. But on, on top of the fact that, I mean, we could have this conversation for hours, but on top of the fact that we need we need some really strong leadership, not only to hold people accountable, but to call bullshit bullshit. And and nobody's willing to do that. And I think Trump needs that support. I think we need to have the conversation out there that it's, I I support the diversity. I support that we can do things better. Absolutely. But at the same time, how do we get there and how do we find the balance? Because this isn't working. So. But we have to have people who aren't afraid to take that, to take charge of that. And I'm all about that. I love it. I love it. I love it. And, and, and we really need outsiders like you, pro-patriots in Washington, protecting our president. And, you know, I, I want to kind of get a feel for your area where you're running. Would you say it's mostly like a moderate kind of feel or would you say it's more left? Or how would you describe it? You know, it depends on the county that you're in. Normally, you know, Oregon, as we know, is Oregon's very liberal, which, you know, so a lot of people kind yes. of put Oregon, over, you know, overall, the, yeah, yeah, the, the state yes, is overall, they put it but away about, in, like, your district? Right. So my district's not. And here's what's really exciting about my district, and I'm glad you asked that, because I have one of eight districts in the entire nation that is purple. It's winnable. I'm at I'm an even point value. I'm at a zero, which there's not very many of us in the state. So if I was in downtown Portland, you know, absolutely, I'd be hitting a beach somewhere. But you know what? This is worth fighting for because my district is is winnable, and it's it's ready to be flipped, and people are so frustrated. So it's exciting because there's a lot of potential and opportunity. I am not in that liberal area of downtown Portland. I am – my seat and my area is ready to ready to be flipped red. I love – I love – you know, I love your enthusiasm. I love your passion. I, I love everything you're – you know, you're – you're representing it and you're really, you know, putting yourself out there and, and you're, you know, do it, doing what, uh, uh, you know, just what we need, uh, you know, and yeah. in terms of the three biggest, three biggest problems you think your district faces, what would you say that is the three biggest problems? Wow. Well, the list is long, like I know many states, but I'll tell you, you know, when I, when I made this run a year ago and announced my run, you know, my biggest issues were, you know, healthcare and affordable housing and I, you know, fighting for the vets and, and um, fighting for our homelessness and a lot of the humanitarian issues. I'm so passionate about that because I don't think we have enough compassion in the world and in our, and in politics, we, it's lost. So I, those are the things that drove me to run. And now I'll tell you what, um, we, those, those things as of, of course, we're adapting with um, our current times. But I'll tell you what, the biggest things right now, we've got to have public safety. We have got, number one, we have to support our police. We have to put them back in the schools. They've already pulled them out of our schools in Oregon. Um, we absolutely, um, number one, public safety. And number two, we have to take 
law and order and our criminals and and support our president. We have we have to provide accountability. And you know what what I'm seeing as I've evolved because there's a lot of times it's easy to sit back and kind of watch and go, man, nothing I say is right. Social media can really suck. I'm you know you're doing something right when you get a lot of hate mail, right? It's like okay, I'm, I've, I've stepped into this arena, this was my plan, and now it's unfolding, and here's what it's unfolding to. So there's no better time to stand up and call it what it is. We have to have strong leadership who's fighting back, who's fighting for our state, who's not, who's not complaining. I'm not a keyboard cowboy, and, you know, I'm all about finding solutions. I'm all about listening. I think there's a lot of great ideas. I think we need to make some changes. I don't think we're, we got here um, without fault. For sure, but I think now's the time. There's never been a time, better time, I think, to um, to take control, find the answers, the solutions, let everyone be heard. But it's not about defunding the police. We absolutely have to. Um, we have to support our law enforcement, and we have to get rid of the criminal activity. And and for Oregon, we have immigration issues. We have, you know, we have a lot of those bigger issues, and we have to support the right people in the right seats to do it. And right now, we don't have that in Oregon. So I need everyone to help me get there so that I can be strong. I get letters and emails, and people just walk up to my car and walk up to me everywhere I go. They're so excited to make a change and see the hope and believe that we can be something different and be better because Oregon's amazing. I want, I wish everyone could come and visit Oregon. Don't move here, but come visit Oregon because it's truly <laughs> really one of the most beautiful places in the world. And we have everything very- from, you know, the beautiful mountains. It's so beautiful. You know, you're from Seattle. I don't have to tell you, but, but people don't realize yeah. uh, not – Portland doesn't represent Oregon, and I hope that people realize that, that there are great people fighting the good fight to try to make things right and to support and protect the people because that's where we lost in politics. It's kind of like you said. It was, you were so great about saying, you know, it's about why are we having funerals? It's all about the politicians. Well, you know what? That's where we've lost it. That's where the deep funding is. That's why it's hard to run a campaign no matter who you are if you're not the incumbent because they're already so entrenched. But I'll tell you what, right. why would we defund police but every congressman gets an armed security guard? That's crap. I mean, there's so many, yeah. so many, yeah. um, you know, conflicts of interest that it's just like who's going who's gonna to stand up and go, wait a minute, we're not taking care of the people and we need to bring it back to the people, have a voice for the people, and really that's what my yep. race is all about. So. I love I'm it. Sorry. I'm sorry. So I, I was going a little sideways. <laughs> <laughs> I, lo- I love it. I love it. I love it. And I'm so happy for you. And, uh, you know, if, if I lived in Oregon, if I lived in your district, you, you, would have my, you would have my vote in about two seconds. We need people like you in Arizona. Uh, tell everybody where they can get involved with the campaign, where they can donate, Thanks, where they can connect with you. Well, I was going to say, Rory, you, I know I don't have your vote, but I, I'll take a check from anywhere, you know, how that works. So. Um, I'm amyfororegon.com. All my social media is Amy for Oregon. I'm pretty, uh, pretty consistent. I answer all my emails. I answer my phone. I'm very transparent. I'm very in touch with the constituents. It's really what it's all about. Um, and, you know, Oregon's worth fighting for. And I appreciate the opportunity to share my campaign because I'll tell you what, in a pandemic, uh, pandemic, you don't get the opportunity very often. So, um, you know, it's, it's important. There's a lot of things worth fighting for. I have great endorsements. I have great support. And I just recently this week got national right to life. I already had Oregon right to life. Um, man, there's so much to fight for. I pledged this week as well on another radio show. I will not take money from Big Pharma. My opponent's taken over a million it. dollars. And he's, he's an heir to the Pfizer family. Hello. Come on. 
trying to get people who are fighting for the right reason, but you can't do that alone. It takes everybody to get behind you. And so I just appreciate the support. And I'll tell you the other thing you mentioned, and some of your guests earlier were so right on as well. I think you're all fabulous. The other thing is we are under the biggest spiritual warfare we have ever been under. Ever, and now's the ever, time ever, to unite ever. and fight because never. Exactly. Oh, it's so and true. You know it, it is so, Rory, it is so it's, true. It is. If I could win stay this campaign that, on prayer, Rory, I'd be sitting in Congress. Well, yeah, no, we got to get you there. We got to get you to D.C. Stay with us if you can. Some time left on the show. Uh, still a lot of great things, a lot of great guests to get to. Uh, I loved having you with us. Let's let's get you back as a regular. Let's make you let's get you on often. Thank you, Rory. I appreciate you. Absolutely, I appreciate you and thank you. Um, I, I want to welcome you, to the show. I believe he, I, I believe he's with us right now. We have U.S. congressional candidate from California, Mike Cargile, and he's going to be in the general election in November. Um, I'm excited for him. I, I think he's got a uh, a really good chance, Mike. Uh, how are you? Hey, Roy. How are on? you, brother? Doing well, man. Good to hear from how you. How are you, brother? <laughs> yep, good, good. Thanks for having me on again. Absolutely. What's new? What's going on? What's the latest? Uh, well, it's been uh, it's been quite exciting, actually. My uh, my opponent went on the offensive uh, much earlier than I thought uh, because for some reason she got George Soros's media matters to to start doing some hit pieces on me. So it's been very interesting out here. Uh, you know, it, it, it's, we are in the, like you just talked about, we're in the, the darkest spiritual battle. I think I've, anybody I know has seen. And, uh, you know, especially in California, the assault on our churches by our governor is completely unprecedented. And, and, you know, they, they want to shut, churches down completely and we're we're in a real war here a real spiritual war um but but for me personally look i'm the most blessed guy you're gonna have on your radio uh i really am i'm having a blast i'm meeting so many wonderful people and we get to talk about so many issues back and forth all the time i love the guest you had on just before amy uh when he was talking uh about the the black community are you there yeah, no, I'm here. I mean, I'm here. I've been listening to everything you're saying. Yeah, the black community. <laughs> yes, yes. See, I have kind of a, a different take on that than most people because I, I look at things primarily from a spiritual point of view. And, and I've looked at, at how the black culture has been literally targeted for decades, and I couldn't figure out why. And then it sort of hit me. You know, I was looking at Israel. You know, out of out of Egypt, out of slavery, God fashioned a bride for Himself in Israel, and Israel was His His bride, and they were they you know later became the epitome of of a nation to be to look to be looked at and and followed. And I started thinking about what happened here in the United States, and I honestly believe that out of slavery, the black community in the United States was being primed was being crafted and fashioned by God to be the spiritual leadership of the United States. Their faith in God and trust was unparalleled. And I do believe that, you know, out of the pulpits of the black community, we were going to get some of the greatest spiritual leadership we've ever seen. And that is why they've come under such intense, 
intense assault against the black family, against the black culture, the drugs. I mean, just everything that Satan could do to destroy the black family unit, he has done. And it was, I believe, in response to what they were set up to be, which begs the question, well, what do we do now? And I think right now that the salvation of the United States lies in the same pulpit. Those black ministers, if they stand up and fight for the truth, it's not too late. That, that out of that, you know, because we've seen such an intense fight from the, the Marxist group Black Lives Matter, but, you know, their agenda is the same. It's the destruction of the black family, the black communities. And it's going to take those same pastors to gird themselves with the truth, stand up and take this back. And I think the salvation of the United States will come from those very pulpits. Wow. Very well said. Very well said. No, I agree. And I, and I think, you know, I, we look at, we just look at history and we look at, you know, some of the things that are going on uh, currently. And uh, it's almost like history is repeating itself with this, you know, uh, these, however, you know, uh, can divide us. I mean, it, it, there's a lot of problems right now. And I, I, to be honest with you, I followed politics a long time. I, and from what I read and what I saw in the sixties uh, right now, it seems like it's way more out of control. I mean, they, these, I, I've never seen a movie as violent as what's going on in these streets. What are your thoughts? No, I agree with you. I agree with you. I think, that the enemy of the United States, and, and I don't believe this, this conflict is purely domestic. I think it's being fostered from outside the United States by our adversaries quite a bit, that to the extent that, that it would probably make most people shudder if they realize the hand that China and Russia probably have in this, and Iran, because uh, they have a vested interest in taking this country down. And so I think the violence that we're seeing right now, if you watch what's going on in Seattle and Portland, what you're seeing is a refining of tactics. You're seeing these protesters. They're not even, they're not even protesters. They're anarchists. But as, as the police, you know, uh, react to them, then they sort of retailer how they react to the police. And then as they escalate, they're refining their tactics. Now you've got federal troops. And now they're refining further how they react to these federal troops. Don't be surprised when they figure it all out and then they assault the, sub, the suburbs, the middle class, because that's what's going to drive the fear. And everything we're hearing, I mean, it's terrorism, right? They're trying to establish a socialist state and they're doing it through fear. So they want to foster complete dependence on the government, which is, you know, if you take socialism and distill it to its roots, it's basically a small group of people controlling a very large group of people, and they're going to get there by fear. And so we have to stop this now. We, have to, we cannot let this escalate and let them refine these tactics further and then disseminate them to these other cities because then we will have a real problem on our hands. No, I agree. I agree. And tell everybody, that, for people that don't know, which areas – of uh, California does your district cover? Okay, I'm just uh, east of L.A., about a half an hour. The, the big cities, uh, well, I have Pomona, Chino, 
Ontario, which has an international airport, and and then uh, Montclair, Fontana, Bloomington, Rialto are, are the cities. It's it's two two uh, different counties, L.A. and San Bernardino, um, and you can reach anything. I, I my it's really interesting. My, well, first, my website is Cargile C A R G I L E for F O R Congress. Cargile for Congress. If you can't remember my name, just think Smile. It's Cargile, um, which usually gets a <laughs> bit of a that. laugh. There you go. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I was looking for it. <laughs> but but it's really interesting. Uh, a few weeks ago, I mentioned my opponent went on the attack, and I wasn't quite anticipating it like that. But it was as if the hand of God reached out, slapped me upside the head, and said, Mike, you are either going to be hot or you're going to be cold in this race. Because if you're lukewarm, I'm going to spit you out. And because I was listening to a lot of advice, you know, you're a red candidate running in a blue district. You got to reach out to the middle. Well, after that, I said, nope, nope. I am going full on biblical lens, like your other guest had said. I'm looking at everything through a biblical lens. And I redid all of my issues. And uh, and I stand. I think I may be the most conservative candidate in California. I'm not sure yet, but I think I might. But I stand absolutely on the biblical definition of marriage, the sanctity of that, and I stand for support of the nuclear family. I'm in full-on assault against these uh, reprobates in Sacramento who want to sexualize our children in, uh, in the classroom. And they're, but basically, they're, they're creating little targets for pedophile predators. And I go on, you can see my whole stance on that on my website. And then, you know, absolutely back the blue, defend the police. And I think one of the things, that, and Amy had mentioned this too, probably the greatest asset for law enforcement are the school resource officers. And that's the first thing they all wanted to pull, pull the cops out of the classes or out of the schools. But if you think about this, these cops are usually the first encounter a child will have with law enforcement. So that that law that officer should be the best and the brightest on the police force because they're going to interact with these children, and then more often than not, if there's a problem there, they're going to interact with the parents. And as they interact it, with the parents, go ahead. Yeah, and as, as sick as it sounds, I want to say I really think the reason Democrats are doing this is because they want to see they want to see they want to. They want to see kids die. They want their gun control narrative pushed even more. These people are evil. They'll do whatever it takes for power. They have no morals or no values. Continue. Sorry. No, no, I agree with you. Absolutely. These people are willing to sink the ship with everybody on board. That's that's truly who they are. And so I'm not sure we're out of the woods yet. I, I have a sneaking suspicion. And I got this by watching them on the Hill the other day with, with A.G. Yeah. Barr, because you right. don't act like that for no reason. I mean, these, these people were, were literally unhinged. And it's like a right. kid on the school ground. He's acting out. Why? Well, he's got his big brother behind the bushes, and he knows that the right. first time you punch him, his brother's coming over. And so they were like, no, 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 we can get away with everything. Why? And I'm not sure they don't have something else in the bushes that's coming out in September. And I say September 
because like like California, a lot of states are pushing the mail-in ballots. And so those are going to come out in October. So they have to foster complete fear and a desire for these ballots. Something's got to trigger in September to make everyone want to go, oh, mail-in ballots in October. It's so true. And you bring up a, a, a very, very good point, and you're absolutely right. I mean, this whole voter fraud thing is out of control. Uh, Mike, I want to make you a regular. Let's, let's get you back here next week. Uh, tell everybody where they can connect with you, where they can get involved, all that good stuff. Okay, once again, it's Cargyle for Congress, C-A-R-G-I-L-E. Heck, I bought all the domains, so if you just put in MikeCargyle.com, it's going to take you to the same place. But it's Cargyle for Congress uh, in California. I have the greatest district in the state. Everybody thinks theirs is, but I know mine is. And, uh, and what we're going to do in the future with this district, it's going to be the hub of entertainment for Southern California when I'm done with it. But, brother, I can't thank you enough for, for letting me on your show again. Absolutely. Well, we'll stay with us, and uh, we'll get you back here next week. Um, really a pleasure having you with us. Um, I do want to welcome to the show. I believe he's with us right now. We have uh, PWC Republican Chairman Tim Parrish. Tim, are you with us? I am, Rory. How are you? Doing very well, Tim. How are you? Welcome to the show. First time on. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey, Rory. Man, yeah, I am super excited to be on. Thanks for inviting me. Uh, I am uh, a Florida boy uh, that got up to Virginia where my heart is now. Uh, via the Marine Corps. I served eight years in active duty in the Marine Corps and uh, came up to Virginia, my last duty station, fell in love with the area and uh, got involved in politics, love the people here, love the politics here, and uh, have been here ever since. And last uh, month, we ran for chair of the party here where we are in Virginia's second largest um, jurisdiction. Uh, we have the second largest county and Republican unit in the Commonwealth. Got involved, ran for chair, won the election, and we are now, you know, just working in the grassroots here in Northern Virginia. I love it. I love it. How's everything going with the campaign? And uh, tell us, uh, you know, what, what the, the feedback is and, you know, just the, da- the daily operations. So, you know, well, my, my, my campaign for chair went really well. Uh, we, we took 67% of the vote. Uh, people were, were super excited and fired up in our county about, having a new young face uh, in the party. So that went really well. And, you know, we are a grassroots uh, based operation here. We, we have, you know, I often say we have the best campaign volunteers, the best political volunteers in the Commonwealth. And so those folks are fired up. They're excited. Uh, we've got a lot of Trump supporters here, a lot of folks that are eager to get the, the president reelected. And so we are working really hard to do that here uh, as well as looking forward to next year. Uh, which is a big year in Virginia. 21 is a huge year. We're going to elect a new governor, uh, attorney general, lieutenant governor. All 100 House of Delegate seats will be up. Uh, and so it's, we, we are prepared, prepared for a fight. You know, like I told you earlier, I'm a Marine. And so everything that we uh, have, have done in the county with the Republican Party has been about the fight that we're in, the fight for our values, the fight to preserve our commonwealth, and, and the fight for the soul of the nation. And so that, that's what we're doing here, man. And we're, like I said, we're a grassroots organization. We've got a lot of great volunteers, and people are fired up and ready to, uh, to fight to, to take our commonwealth back. Amen, man. Amen. And uh, what, 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 what is, uh, you know, so, so currently over where you are, 
uh, how are the riots? How how is the whole you know everything? Just all the current things we're dealing with, Corona, whatever it may be, uh, are things a little out of control? Yeah, you know, no, you know, not really. In in certain respects, yeah, you know, down in Richmond, they had uh, this week, uh, I believe on Sunday, they had some issues. Uh, people were unruly burning stuff down and knocking out windows and stuff, and so. Uh, of course, the Democrat mayor, Richmond, uh, did not say anything about it, didn't come out and, con- and condemn it. So, you know, in my in, in that regard, I say that in, in that specific case, um, silence is consent. He is consenting uh, to those type of actions here in Prince William County. We did not have a ton of issues. As a matter of fact, I just wrote a letter um, to a few different groups around the county uh, about how our now Democrat majority board of supervisors responded to. Um, supporting our police. Our county in 2018 took a survey, and the county was 93% satisfied with its police department. We are a county of nearly uh, half a million people, and uh, 93% of the community uh, just two years ago said, hey, we are satisfied with our police department. We're happy with the work they're doing. Um, And so we don't have any major issues on that front. Uh, As far as corona goes, uh, you know, we are following the phases with the governor. We're considered to be in the northern Virginia region. And so when we moved from phase two to phase three, there was a little delay there uh, with uh, with our with our governor. But beyond that, you know, we're rocking and rolling over here, man. And, you know, just ready to get in the fight and do the work that it takes to uh, to get our folks elected. I love it, man. I love it. I love it. I love it. And, uh, you know, you know, I, I want I want to get you on here very often. You know, let let let's get you. Uh, you if you want to be a weekly weekly regular, we'd love that. And and you're 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 going in the general in November, right? Yes, yes, we're going into the in the general in November. And, and let me tell you real fast, we have a ton. Do we have the best slate of candidates right now? I've been telling everybody in the region, uh, working very close with other counties in the region to get our folks elected that we will not have a slate of candidates this good for another hundred years. I'm calling it, man. We've got some of the best conservatives that the Commonwealth of Virginia and the country have to offer. Uh, you know, obviously president Trump at the top of the ticket, we're running a, a, a army, uh, Lieutenant Colonel, Lieutenant Colonel devil purple heart recipient, lost his leg in Iraq, Daniel Gade, you know, PhD in public policy. We're running, uh, Alicia Andrews in the 10th congressional district here. Um, and she, she's also a Marine. She will actually be the first female Marine to ever be a, a uh, representative in the House of Representatives. We're running uh, Manga, who is a Indian immigrant engineer, very smart, you know, representing us, and, um, and then our incumbent, Rob Whitman, in the first. So we, we have you – know, and Rob Whitman actually launched or assisted in launching the, the uh, House Suburban Caucus, focusing on the suburban voter. And so we have – an amazing slate of candidates, um, and, and yeah. So we and I, I keep telling folks we won't have a slate that good for a hundred years. You know, it's like one of those things that only comes around every hundred years, man. And so we are super excited about it. And uh, like I said, our volunteers, our campaign folks, our donors, everybody's fired up. Uh, we're in the fight. We suffered the blue wave not long ago. You know, two cycles we suffered through the blue wave. But I've been telling people. The thing about every tsunami in history is that the waters always recede, and so the waters are back on their way out, and uh, and we're ready to take our place back as um, you know a majority here in the Commonwealth. I love it. I love it. Tell everybody uh, where they can donate, where they can get involved. Yep, absolutely. So we are uh, Prince William County Republican Committee. Our website is pwcgop.gop, 
and we are we are always accepting donations. We're telling folks that uh, we have a fighting machine, and we need to keep that machine well-oiled and in the fight. And so we're asking for donations there. Um, get involved. Come volunteer. And you don't even have to be from here. We had a bunch of folks from Maryland come down and knock doors with us. Um, so you don't have to be from here. But the Commonwealth of Virginia, especially Northern Virginia, is a battleground. Uh, it's a it's a uh, bellwether county. No one in Virginia has ever run for statewide office and won without winning my county uh, at least since '99. Uh, so um, wow. you know, GOP, get on there, donate, get involved, and, and uh, we'd love to have anybody that wants to get involved that's a true conservative uh, come on down and we'll put you to work with us. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much. Uh, really glad you could join us. Let's get you back here next week. Um, I do want to go to, uh, I believe, Pastor Rodney Evans uh, is with us. Uh, sorry about the delay, my friend. It's been a crazy show. We are getting overbooked lately, and I need to fix the scheduling system because, you know, I, I, I always make sure and try to get to everybody, and I'm still doing my best to get it to everybody before the show's over. But I'm sure you got some thoughts, buddy. How are you? I'm doing good. How you doing, man? Uh, doing well, man. Uh, what's the latest? What's new with you? Everything good? Well, everything's going good. We, uh, I was just listening to everyone speak, and, and I'll touch a little bit maybe on everything very quickly. I believe, you know, there was people that mentioned, some of your, your people you had on tonight, that we've been in a sport, spirit, we're in a spiritual warfare for our country. Yeah. I tell people I think we've been in that spiritual warfare for a while, but I think it really kicked off on 9-11. I think when we got all of the terrorist attacks that happened in our country on 9-11, I think not only was it against us as a country, but it also was against us spiritually. And if you go back and think about it, that's when we begin to cater and allow a lot of the Muslims to do things, and they would not allow churches to do prayers. They had their places in schools where they could go and pray, but as Christians, we could not do that. We began to lean, and I don't think we recovered from that, spiritually-wise. So I believe we are, and I I believe it's picked up. I believe it's picked up. I believe the church has to wake up. We've got to get very vocal. You know, as you follow me on Twitter, it's my personal Twitter uh, account. It's not my church's. It's my personal, and I do get political on there. Uh, I've had people send me messages and say, I can't believe you're a pastor and you support Donald Trump. Well, what do you think I should do? Should I support the Democrats, which is against everything biblical? I mean, you know, if you look at the Bible, Jesus would not have been a socialist. He said if you didn't work, you didn't eat. So, you know, you look at a lot of these things. I think it's time, yes, the church to wake up. I think it's time for America to wake up. I just can't see anybody in their right mind voting for Biden. I mean, if you watch anything he's doing, he's got to have someone leading. He's got all these notes written down. He knows the questions before they're asked. Uh, I saw a video today that he was in, I think, uh, one of his um, political places, his headquarters, and he had someone leading him out, and you could tell in his eyes that he was not all there. Oh, it, like it, it, Rodney, just, Ro- go ahead. Rodney, it's insane. I mean, the guy, you know, his friends, his family, they came, they care more about power than his well-being. Nobody's stepping in yes. seeing that this guy, at first it was funny, and now it's just sad. But a uh, pastor, it I, wa- I want to, 
Pastor, I want to give you so much talking time. Unfortunately, I only have a few minutes. I, I, I want you to tell everybody where they can connect with you, and then I promise you I'm getting you on the show on Tuesday. I will, uh, we have a lot to talk about in terms of the churches, the corona stuff, but how can people get involved? I, yes. I wanted to make sure, you know, before I, I got to some of the last guests that you were one of them, um, you know, I, I know that you've been waiting. I'm sorry. Oh, you're fine. I enjoyed everything I listened to today. You can get in touch with my personal ministry uh, at org. We put everything there. Uh, all of our Facebook, our YouTube, Facebook, everything's there. Or you can follow me on my personal Twitter. It has nothing to do with my ministry at Rodney Evans. So we kind of made it simple where everybody could uh, do the two. We have YouTube videos on ministry stuff on RodneyEvansMinistry.org. Uh, we have podcasts. My wife and Bob did with that on me. Uh, anybody want to give? We try to help ministers that are in need. We that's what we've been trying to do. I take no salary from my personal ministry. We just try to help people. Uh, so yeah, I'll I'll set it up for Tuesday. Be back on. But I enjoy being. I enjoy listening to you. I enjoy all of the people you had on today. They were very good. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, well, well God bless you, sir, and thank you. Um, I, you know, I really appreciate everything you're doing. Uh, it means a lot, um, you know, and uh, we will talk soon. Yes, sir. Talk to you later. Be blessed, man. Thank you. Uh, everybody, um, actually, I want to I wanna get to Sam. I want to give you the last, like, two minutes. I'm very sorry. It's been a crazy show. I'm, the, the clock's winding down. I'm going to get you on first thing next week. We're going to give you a lot of time. I'm, I'm sorry, man. Um, but I, I, give us some of your thoughts. What are your thoughts, buddy? Well, well, no, no problem, Roy. It's been a while, and I understand. And like I said, I just, I just got settled back into the AV, AV, AZ. I left the AV, Antelope Valley. But uh, <laughs> no, I'm just picking up where I left off. And you know, people can reach me at Samuel Tolly on YouTube or uh, Facebook. Actually, I'm getting ready to set up a parlor account. And I'm also uh, getting my website back up to date on inhamfirst.com. So don't don't sweat it. We'll get back together and we'll 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 really get into it. And like I said, when time opens up, let's get together and you know take care. Absolutely. And and, and buddy, overall, in in a thirty second synopsis, give us give me like a thirty second rundown of tonight's episode what like what are your thoughts on, on everything just give me 30 seconds quickly because i, well, I do got to run here well, a the second big, the, the big thing is what i got is the fact that there is an acknowledgement that there is a spiritual warfare battle going on uh there's acknowledgement that uh, the black family has been bamboozled by the democratic party and that's all in conjunction with not uh staying biblical not not lining up with the lord and staying um, using him and, and marrying the Democratic Party. So <clears throat> the Democratic Party is leaving people down a fish hole, and it's time for people to step away from there, particularly those of us that are biblical and trust in the Lord and not in man. And if we trust in him, no matter what happens, it'll happen the right way for us because he's in the mix. Amen. But that's it. Amen. That's what we need to do. Amen. I agree. I agree. God bless you, my friend. Uh, let's get to let's try to get together this weekend. Let's try to hang out this weekend, my friend. All right, give me a call. Let me know. Let me see what's going on. All righty, buddy. 
Um, everybody, uh, it's been a fantastic. It's, everybody's been a fantastic show tonight. I want to thank all of you for tuning in. I love you all. Have a fantastic weekend. I'll, I'll see you all Tuesday night. Until then, I'm Rory Sauter. Mega, mega, mega. God bless everybody. Much love. Cheers.